Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm not 100% this morning, I have to tell you. I'm not... Uh, my tummy's playing up a little bit, but never mind. We shall, we shall get through as, as best we can. So Shamima's mum has begged the minister to show her daughter mercy. I think they've got more than enough things to think about without worrying about a runaway ISIS bride. Thank you. Do you remember the bloke we told you about the other day? Ran onto the pitch and punched the, uh, the uh, Aston Villa midfielder. Anyway, uh, they've got him into court quick as possible. Turns out he's unemployed. Big surprise there. And he's obviously on benefits and they've sent him to prison for 14 months, which is good news. And he's got a 10 year ban from all football grounds. So I raise the question with my producer, because I don't know enough about this. When they ban you from all football matches, how does that work? Well, he's obviously a Birmingham City fan, so he won't be going to any of their matches. How can you guarantee he won't be? Because every time they play... At kickoff time, he has to be at the local police station signing in. So you can guarantee this thug don't see it. It's clever, isn't it? I never have thought of that one. Never would have thought of it. Because I always said to him, how are they going to ban him? He'll just put a hat on and, and buy a ticket and walk in. No, he, he'll have to be at the police station signing in. And they'll keep him there for as long as they want. A convicted, unemployed thug. What a big surprise. What a big surprise. Anyway, nice to have you company this morning. which I was feeling uh, slightly better, but, you know... She'll get through because I'm a trooper. Sort of a trooper. Uh, there's also the uh, the police officer. It's always embarrassing when you read a story about a police officer. There's so many good police officers out there. So many people doing a worthwhile job. And then you get one piece of filth. This one uh, milked a widower for £34,000 plus gifts and everything else. Anyway, she's been kicked out of the force, thank God. Uh, Katie, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. Katie Price is due in court tomorrow. This is on the obscenity charges, using foul language in the school... Pl- I didn't know you could be done for that. I mean, because round, you know, most streets nowadays, you hear the, the worst language you can ever hear. But uh, she was sort of saying to some girl who's going out with Kieran, are you enjoying, you know, with my ex-husband or something? The fact that she was sleeping around, of course, has nothing to do with it. Anyway, the, the, she's in court tomorrow. Well, she can't be. She's in Thailand on holiday, we know, because she keeps tweeting pictures about Here I am in the kitchen, faking up some pictures. Stupid woman. Stupid woman. It'll be interesting, won't it? Because I'm assuming if she doesn't turn up... And this was back from September, I think. If she doesn't turn up, do they not then issue a warrant for your arrest? She could be arrested when she arrives back at the end. She's dumped Harvey on her hairdresser, if you please. Now... I don't know anything about parenting, but she keeps hoiking him onto television programmes to tell you, you know, what a good mother she is. So she goes on holiday with the current little boyfriend and she leaves Harvey at home with a hairdresser. Somebody who's not even qualified to look after him. Very odd. Very odd. Uh, there's another death coming up on Corrie. Oh, sorry. I should have done spoiler alert, but uh, I'll tell you who it is later. <laughs> a roof fell in and there's a couple of people in there. But who are they and who will be going? Uh, the cage fighter, Conor McGregor, has just finished his humbling community service. He's now been duly arrested again because uh, he allegedly smashed the phone of a fan who was trying to take his picture in Miami. Not a pleasant person, is he? Kerry Katona signs up for three days of pantomime in Cheshire this Easter. Plenty of tickets available, just 12 quid each. She's appearing with Basil Brush. Dear. Basil Brush and Kerry Coketona, I'm not really sure. And also... Uh, the bogus... You know, people go on holiday and then they go, oh, we had a dreadful dreadful time in Koh Samui or Mabe or wherever it happened to be, and we were sick. And then they discover that they printed pictures of people on their own phones, having a great time swigging champagne. So they were liars. But they're basically, most of them, 90% of them, if not more, are a bit too stupid to realise 
that they have access to your phone records. They can get hold of all this sort of stuff, because most people want to put it on the internet. Oh, look, here we are having a great time in Koh Samui. But wait a minute, a minute ago, you said the whole family was laid up. These are crooks, these are bent people. And uh, we had it a short while ago, where there was one couple, they were taken to court. In fact, there's been quite a few couples taken to court, and they got fined £20,000. Don't cough it up, you're in, in the nick for, uh, for fraudulent claims. And, do you know, they've dropped now quite substantially because people have realised when they've got half a brain cell that uh, that you, you're not going to get any money out of the holiday cut. They don't just hand over money because you write in and go, I've not been very well. But there are thick people. We know that. They call them trolls. You know, they really are. Can you believe in America that Luke Perry, who just died recently from Beverly Hills 90210, his daughter is being trolled by people going, I'm glad he's dead. And this and you think, are these people really sick? The answer is yes, of course they are. They're really sick. They've obviously got some sort of illness because you should really go round there with a film crew. The worst thing is she responded to them and said, why are you being like this? My father was a lovely person. And then they write, because it just encourages them because they've got half a brain cell missing, probably dropped on their head as kids. My favourite thing I told you the other day was a prank show. I love the prank shows in America where Bait Car is one of my favourites, where they've rigged a car up that they can control. So they park it in a bit of a, let's call it a ropey neighbourhood. <clears throat> and, uh, sorry, I'll just reiterate that I'm not very well this morning, but I'm, I'm going to get through. And, uh, and they, they have the Bait Car in the neighbourhood with the keys in it. It's hilarious. But, of course, the people who nick it are generally druggies, and people have got nothing to lose anyway. So they get in the car, they're like, woo, we nicked a car, and then they go off the thing. They don't realise that there's another car following them, and they're controlling the car they're in. So at one point, they sort of stop at traffic lights, click, the doors are locked. Click, the engine goes off. And of course, there are cameras inside the car. And these, uh, these uh, tow rags, of course, over here, we'd actually probably find a lawyer that would get them off because it's entrapment. That was, I remember that, that was years and years ago. They used to do the, the pretty policeman thing. You won't remember the pretty policeman story, but there was a very famous gay bar in Earl's Court. And uh, people after the pub closed used to wander around the streets looking for company. And, um, and the police decided that they, they were going to stop it. So they set up a pretty policeman. In other words, he was, he was a good looking boy and he would stand on a corner. If anybody approached him, they were duly arrested and charged with importuning, I think, for immoral purposes, whatever it happened to be. But anyway, it was hilarious, and it had been going on for ages. The, the police... I mean, nowadays, you couldn't get away with that. You'd have a lawyer that would twist the police inside out. You can't, that's entrapment. You can't do that. And, uh, and then, I think it was gay times, because this had gone on for a little while, and then all of a sudden people were going, wait a minute, so they've got this, this pretty policeman. What does he look like? So they took a photograph of him and put him on the front of gay times, went out on thousands and thousands and thousands of copies. The police backed off immediately. You know, it really was the pretty... I mean, he might have been gay, I don't know. But whatever it was, he was stopping people wandering around the streets. You know, because apparently if you hang around too long, you're kind of in, in trouble. But I remember it, the, the pretty policeman. And they put him up and they go, this is the bloke. So of course, the police were completely screwed. <laughs> Nothing they could do. I feel sorry for the, uh, the couple who uh, go abroad. Singapore. And uh, she has a baby. 15 weeks early. Now, this is, this is bad news. How she was allowed to fly, I've got no idea. But anyway, she was. Anyway, uh, they've been given a bill of £150,000. Because unless you've got medical insurance and, uh, and, and, you sort of, and, and you're well aware of what the... If, if you go to America and they go, you need to take out holiday insurance, and people go, actually, I'd rather not bother. I promise you, you, you should bother. You should really, really bother. Because medical insurance, if you don't have it, you're never going to get seen in a hotel unless you produce a credit card. They're not, they're not going to help you at all. 
everybody's got to have some sort of medical insurance. And if you've got a serious illness and uh, you fall ill, you're, you're going to go broke. You know, it can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands. Keep trooping on. It's not allowed to be poorly, says uh, Melanda, on your birthday week. Yes. If uh, if snowflakes were health wishes, I'll send you a blizzard. Oh, that's nice. I like that. I like that. We did uh, we did James Buckley yesterday from the Inbetweeners. In fact, actually, we had Jason Isaacs in, and uh, we had somebody else in from the same cast who was being bigged up like there was no tomorrow by Jason Isaacs. They were both lovely, but uh, it was Mister Mister Buckley who then tweeted afterwards how lovely everybody was to him, and I thought he's such a nice man. And so he thanked me, he thanked Jamie Theakston, he thanked Mr Moyles, he, th- he thanked loads and loads of people, all, my, all our friends over on, uh, on Capital. And I thought that was a nice thing to do. Somebody says, go home, you're not well. Oh, that's very caring, very caring. Why don't you go home? Why don't you go home? Why don't you ask Matron if she'll allow you to go into that special room? You know, the one at the end, which has got uh, just white walls. <laughs> Uh, did I just hear that that silly little football man was unemployed and on benefits? If I was unemployed and on benefits, I'm not sure I could afford to go to a football game. I bet he's got a Sky TV and a big 60-inch television. What a great role model, says Andrew. Oh, he's a complete plank. He's a complete... Him and, him and his family. Oh, all right, yeah, all right. Anyway, they banned him for ten years. That's good, isn't it? Little little girly boy will have to go to the police station. That's, I didn't know how that worked. Did you know that? I bet you never knew. I never knew. That they make you sign on at the time the game is going to start. If you're not there in plenty of time, you're in big trouble. There's a warrant out for your arrest and back into prison you go. David Blackburn says, hope your tummy holds out. Me too. He says, oh my God, you've just given away a Corrie spoiler. Have they not had the accident yet? I don't know. But actually, I couldn't care less. I'm not. I'm really not that bothered. You know, the, 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 as far as I know, there is no sort of lockdown on, on stories. The moment it's in the paper, it's in the public domain. And so somebody's going to die, and there's a there's a possibility of about five or or six people. And I'll tell you who they are. It doesn't bother me. Why why would it make any difference? Doesn't you know? People say I remember somebody writing into me years ago. Do you remember I, I mentioned an EastEnders storyline? Somebody, I'm going to write and complain about you. I thought, well, go do your worst. Go do your worst. And. Um, and I, I, he didn't get very far with it. He said because it ruined it for me because I was going to watch it on the catch up. What's your problem in it? You're probably watching it on catch-up because what, what are you doing? Having your toenails done or something so you can't watch it when it goes out? No, no, no. The moment it goes out, I'll talk about it. It's as simple as that. I'd like trying to guess Brexit for tomorrow, but I don't think I'll, uh, I'll do that. Uh, Steve, I don't often have to get up early. When I do, you are by far the best thing about this time of the day. Jonathan Shallot wrote to me the other day. He's like super agent. He's got everybody. And he said, I hope you realise just how much people rely on you. I said, well, not really. 14 weeks, isn't it? Not months was the sentence, says Adrian. Unfortunately, I wish it had been 14 months. Mind you, I think he'll actually breach it. And I think he'll end up going back into Nick again. I mean, honestly, he looks perfect. He's perfectly capable of going down onto a pitch and, uh, and hitting an Aston Villa midfielder. Can't believe I just remembered that, but I did. And, um, and then you think to yourself, wait a minute, why are you not working? There's a DSS looking into this. I mean, are you claiming you can't? Because I saw great stuff on the internet. Bloke in America. I can't walk. I can't lift anything. I can't do it. They've got him throwing frisbees and doing all the rest of it. A right bent crook. Anyway, he thieved $1.6 million from the... It's so easy in America. Anyway, they have uh, people who are following him and everything else. And he sat there brazenly on television trying to back up why. He said, you can't see my illness. They said... You can run a marathon, you can throw frisbees, you can do pogo jumping, you could, and you, you claim illness, 
Anyway, he was found guilty, sent to prison for God knows how many years, six years, I think, and fined 1.6 million. Fantastic. And I'd like the uh, Department of Social Services, or whatever they're called now, to investigate this man and find out exactly what his illness is. If he can afford to go onto a pitch and punch somebody and climb down all the... What are, what's he on benefits for? Work, oh, it's called work and pensions. Work and pensions. Look at that, actually. Uh, Steve says, Richard, I've just finished a book by Michael Mosley. Apparently having fasting diet works wonders for diabetes. I think probably to stop it, I don't think if you've actually got it, you shouldn't do a fasting diet. It's not good at all. Uh, so deluded by the day Gemma Collins announces in the Daily Mirror she's quitting Britain and moving to America to fulfil her ambition of becoming the next Beyonce by recording a single with her producer Naughty Boy. Just listen to the new single and it's absolutely dreadful, says Stuart. The trouble is, I mean, she's talentless. Did you know how much effort she put into the... When she said, because I'm going to be skating for my life, like on the final, 20 minutes she did, 20 minutes of sort of kneeling down. And why was she kneeling down? Because apparently she was worried about falling over. So she's learnt nothing. She's just fraudulently taking the money. But there you go. Let's get rid of her. Go to America. Bye-bye. Goodbye. As I say, they've got loads of talentless people over there. You'd just be another one. You're not going to make anything over there. You're not going to be another Beyonce, dear. Only in your wildest dreams. But there again, once you've had a few sherbets, they make you believe everything. Then they dragged Arge out onto Good Morning Britain the other day. I saw a picture of him. Well, I say I saw a picture of him. He took up most of the screen because he's ballooned so much. What was he doing? I mean, this is when you suddenly realise that Arge is dirty, dirty boy. He was wearing exactly the same clothes that he was wearing for the final of Dancing on Ice. When she didn't dance, she just sort of sunk to her knees and rolled over on her back with her legs in the air. Don't make me say it. She can't dance. I know she can't dance. She can't stand up on the ice. She's a pathetic waste of space. She obviously troweled on too much makeup and that sort of tipped the balance. But yet, Arge, exactly the same clothes. Dirty. Dirty. And they were both drunk at the end of the party, so presumably fell into bed with his clothes on, rolled out of bed, stuck them on again, and off he went to talk about, are they still going out together? They must have plumbed some depths on that programme. Who was the who was the researcher who went, I tell you what, should we get Arge on to find out whether they're still going out? I'm sorry. Why are you wasting your time with that talentless old has-been? That's the researcher, by the way. <laughs> Steve, re Megan's £9,000 Victoria Beckham dress. After a wave of enormous goodwill, she seems to have a strong desire to shoot herself and Harry in her foot. Expensive flights, clothes, high-handed views, better kept to herself. When you join a company, it's best to stick to company policy and not rock the boat. She's making herself unpopular. The dress is awful. If that's 9,000 quid's worth... Do you think Victoria Beckham sat there and sewed it herself? Do you think? Of course she didn't. Can't do anything like that. She's got no talent at all. I'm not totally convinced she can design. It just looks like a really unfashionable dress. Nine thousand quid. Nine. I can't even imagine nine thousand. I mean, I've I've never had an outfit that had cost nine thousand quid. Why do women get ripped off? I mean, and also, do you not think maybe? Do you think Victoria gave it to her? You have that. Sorry. Have that. All right. Okay. Dave's paying. Okay. Right. Lovely. Because <laughs> they're worth a billion now, aren't they? The next thing is they'll they'll, have sort of, they'll be flying to the moon, you know, Brooklyn, piloting a spacecraft. Please God, never mind health insurance, says Richard for America or Asia. Health insurance is compulsory on cruises in Europe, or you just don't get on board. I know I've always got to take health insurance out, and of course, the moment you say diabetic, woo, they're on top of you like a ton of it. You could see them adding up pound signs, you know. So, um, are you just on on tablets? No insulin. <laughs> God, brilliant, brilliant. We got him on insulin. OK, well, that for your four days is going to be £420. 
OK, because if you don't get it, you're not going to go. They're not going to let you go on there, are they? It's going to be terrible. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Steve, the Birmingham so-called fan, says Bish, is hopefully a complete embarrassment to his family. No, no, they were in court. Love you, he goes. Thug, thug. They don't care. They couldn't care less. He's, he's probably spent most of his time on the wrong side of the fence. Ah, uh, dear. Uh, you've got your award, Steve. Get well soon on your birthday. And I got my 3% bonus from Waitrose and Partners in Banbury. There you go. Elaine says, sorry to hear you're not feeling well. Listening to you, you'd never know. Sounding on great form as usual. This is why you got the award. So well-deserved, brave little soldier. Who's told you about him? Where did that come from? Bravely. I used to love that. Where did that come from, that expression? You're a brave... You used to, you know, people used to say to you, you know, when you're not feeling very well... You'd sort of sit up in bed and they'd go, you're a brave little soldier. And you'd think, why don't you shut off? <laughs> brave little soldier. I don't know. what is it because soldiers were brave? I suppose. I don't know. Anne says, sorry to hear you're not too good today. Get better quickly. Yeah, I mean, I just, just don't feel it. I had it at the, at the Global Awards the other day. Oh, did I mention that? Did I mention the Global Awards? I love doing that because you always get somebody writing and going, why you keep going on about it? Well, you'll never get anything. You know, I'm I'm delighted to get it. It's always nice, isn't it? And voted for by listeners. Even nicer. Even nicer. It wasn't something I made up. Let's see what we can get next, shall we? And uh, it says, a cautionary note. When I was pregnant, I got pregnancy insurance. Really good job I did. Best 60 quid I spent. My water's broke in Spain. As you say, credit cards before doctors. I had the E111 card for EU healthcare, but private insurance kicked in. Fabulous treatment. I was flown home with a British nurse. Yes, you've got to have insurance. Anne's advice is, is very, very apropos. I'm always the first person to say take insurance. I know you might think it's very expensive, but if you fall ill abroad, you know, you are you're asking for trouble. I promise you, because the, you, you pay for it. We're so used to having a national health service, aren't we? We go, oh, it's great, isn't it? We've got a national health service. You go to other countries, they don't have a national health service. You want to go queue downtown in the Bronx in America... And you can queue and wait your, your turn to be seen by somebody. You'll be paying for it. You'll be paying for it. Uh, Greg says, uh, what fragrances you've had? The most expensive, most rare. I don't think fragrances are rare because they, they wouldn't be fragrances, would they? They're sold commercially. Yes, I think he's, he's basically getting around to what's your favourite smell. But I've looked at a picture of him. I think it would be you, Greg, wouldn't it? I think it would be you. And uh, so I'm, I never tell people about that. Let's just put it down to you can't afford it. OK, because we, we have we have discussed it, you know, far too many times to the point of boredom, really. It's whatever you like. I've, I've sometimes walked behind people and I've gone, oh, that's like, what are you wearing? And then you buy it and it doesn't smell the same on you. Everything, everything sort of smells, smells differently. Uh, Linda says, how's your brother? He's still sitting uh, on the settee. He had to sleep uh, sitting up and then he had to lie down on the floor. It was all a bit of an embarrassment. He fell down the stairs. And so he's, uh, he's not working at the moment. He's waiting to get better. But uh, Linda says, keep smiling. I shall try. I shall try. It's not easy. You know when sometimes you don't quite feel right? And I didn't feel right at the, at the Global Awards. I thought, oh, you know when you start thinking, oh, no, I, don't feel, I definitely don't feel very good. Definitely don't feel very good. And I didn't even have any water with me, which normally sort of solves the, uh, the problem. But uh, I've decided not to. Uh, a shop owner in my local market town, says Holly, went skiing without insurance, if you can imagine. He fell, of course. Bones were sticking out of his leg. He had to pay for surgery. Hospital stay in an air ambulance home. Bang went his profits for a couple of years. Yes, it's a fortune. It's a fortune. If you actually fall ill in America and you're having serious surgery, you can be looking at three, four $400,000 if you're going to have surgery. 
You've, you've really got to have the insurance. You've got to have it. Uh, Paul Gascoigne, they're still calling him Gaza. How long before you just call him Paul? Uh, he's uh, signing football gear on eBay. So he's selling all sorts of things, including that Vinnie Jones picture, which he's obviously got. I'm not even sure he's allowed to do that. It's not his copyright. That'd be somebody else's copyright, that picture. Because he's in the picture he's allowed to. Oh, OK. But anyway, he's, so he's, he's obviously got loads printed off and you can have a, a signed picture. But you can do that with anybody. Do you remember there was a, a thing a short while ago that people like, can't remember anybody off the top of my head, but it'll be somebody, you know. Uh, and they, they would record a, uh, a message for you and then send it back to you. Like, hello, this is whoever it happened to be. And I remember thinking, that's interesting, isn't it? I never thought about that. Uh, Wendy says, uh, I can't stress enough how important it is to have holiday insurance when visiting in America. A few years ago, I was, as I thought, in good health. Whilst visiting the States, I developed chest pains, went into hospital, where I had four stents put in my heart. Uh, the bill came to around $120,000. And I was so thankful I had insurance, which covered all the bill, apart from a couple of hundred quid deductibles. Six months later, back in England, I had a double bypass heart surgery at Bristol Heart Institute. Fabulous treatment and care. And it was free. Free. Yes, I mean, I've always had my... So I've got stents in. I've got six. Six stents in. Is it six? Or eight? Six, I think. And, um, yes, it makes a lot of difference. A lot of difference. Mark said, so has your brother now got your award? No. No. He wanted it. But it didn't go to him. Because he's got my Arkiva award. And uh, this one, the, uh, the Global Award, has gone to my godchildren. And they have it in their sitting room. Because it's, it's nice, it's got the G and it's got Steve Allen, the, the, the LBC Award. And uh, they were pleased as punch. In fact, they asked for it. So they have it and they're looking after it. Mainly because I've got nowhere to put it. It's lovely and I know that every day they look at it, they will be reminded. That was Uncle Steve's award. Uh, so, 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 so. Uh, pilots, pilots. Tom Parker Bowles, hands off my spag bowl. This is after the... Uh, I've got some, some foodie facts for you later on. Which is quite nice. It's sort of things that you thought were invented by certain people. It turns out they weren't. It's like, who invented champagne? You'd never guess in a million years. Who invented champagne? Would it be Tattinger? Would it be Dom Perignon? The British. The British invented champagne. Seriously. I'm telling you. I, listen, I, can't, I see this wet, see this dry. You know. But uh, no, no, the British. Because they left it outside. Wine in the freezing cold winters. For some reason, it turned into something called champagne. I don't know how. Because now you can only have champagne if it's from the champagne region, which is, uh, which is great. The British do a sparkling wine, which is nice. Don't buy British sparkling wine because it'll be French. OK, buy English sparkling wine. The clue word, the key word is English. Thank you very much indeed. Storm Gareth's going to drop his weather bomb today. I've still got to get my hands on Gareth from upstairs, who told me a dreadful fib about the Globals, but that's another story. And um, Scott Mitchell, he said he came home from doing his half marathon the other day and Barbara wasn't, uh, wasn't very good. He said it's then that it makes you realise. I think they've raised about £100,000. And he's got a marathon to do. He's got a marathon to do. Well done him. Well done him. And um, a pest controller uh, got stung by a wasp. A pest controller, he died. Which means he must have an allergic reaction, because otherwise you wouldn't get away with that. And um, I did mention another death coming up on Corrie, didn't I? I'll give you a clue who it is just after the news. And uh, Kerry Coke-Toner, three days of pantomime in Cheshire. Only three days, it's not a long season. Plenty of tickets available, just 12 quid each. Heavens above, it costs you more to see me. 
costs you more to see me. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I knew somebody who fell over in a bathroom and literally set them back 30 years. Fell over, cracked their head on the floor. I mean, you know me, my, my, my sort of accident record is really bad. Falling over, tiled floor, tiled floor, getting out of a bath. Getting out of a bath. You'd think that would be a fairly straightforward thing. The trouble is, when you're young, you can do things, can't you? It's like when I was young, I used to climb trees and then swing on the branches. I can't even get up into the tree. I can't even get up. I cannot haul my body up into a tree for some reason. Andy in Birmingham says, Birmingham, uh, I slipped on a wet tile floor in Thailand, broke my elbow, medical bill came to 21 grand. Best £30 insurance I've ever bought. Yes, I, I would absolutely agree with you. I, I can't stress enough to people how you need medical insurance. I don't care if you're going to Spain or anywhere like that, you should get medical insurance. Uh, Steve says, Richard, I hope it's neither Ina Sharples or Albert Tatlock dying in Corrie, as they're my favourites. <laughs> it was so funny because the woman who played Ina Sharples uh, was so posh and she had to play working class. And it was, it was really, it was so funny to watch, especially when you heard her... Uh, her sort of voice normally. Bish says, uh, a picture of Paul Gascoigne having his privates crunched by Vinnie Jones. Now, what room would I hang that in? Why would you want it? Paul Gascoigne was always a bit of an embarrassment, wasn't he, really, to everybody? Uh, Steve, uh, just driving down from Thatcham to Essex for work. I'm glad you'll be coming with me this morning. Shame you went with me on the way back this afternoon, says Sarah. I love Thatcham. I used to go to a little fish and chip shop in Thatcham. And uh, that was quite nice, actually. Uh, gentle healing hugs for your poorly tummy. And to those 4am spikers, not feeling quite too tickety-boo today. God bless. Thank you. I know, I don't, I don't normally get ill. I'm seriously, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't do an ill thing. I mean, you know why? I've told you before. It's, um, it's because if I don't work, I don't get paid. And I'm way too mean to be sick. You know, I try and avoid sickness things, but if your tummy's playing up, you can't do a lot about it. Richard is a British emigrant to Asia. I went home to the UK for Christmas and fell ill. With what? What's that? Deep vein thrombosis. DVT. I've never heard it described as DVT, but I know what deep vein thrombosis. As I'm an expat, I'm not entitled to NHS treatment, and so had to pay. It cost me 700 quid, but thankfully the credit card included travel insurance and paid. Wonderful. And... Uh, isn't your newsreader, Amelia Cox, supposed to be doing 24 hours of dancing with Claudia Winkleman for comic relief? I don't think she is, no. I don't think... No, that, 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 that's Toss Daly's doing that one. <laughs> Donnie says, I heard a rumour you've decided to give up Prosecco for the remainder of Lent. Can you confirm it? Absolutely not. An outrageous thing to say. I'm suing. How dare you spread these malicious rumours? Where did that one come from? Giving up Lent... No, I've, I'll tell you what, I, what I've given up, but I, I haven't had it for ages and ages. Fried food pies. I haven't had anything. Ever since I've, I've lost the halogen oven, I've, I've looked on that as a bit of a bonus, because I was eating lots of sausages and pies and things like that, all the things which aren't good for me. So I'm, I'm sort of doing a lot of healthy kind of eating, which actually probably isn't that healthy either. Uh, Grace says, I voted for you. Yeah, it was, it was an award from, from my listeners. I don't like to call you my fans, because I think it sounds really naff, but that's what it is. It's people who listen to the programme and they go, let's vote for him. Because you remember, because we got the Radio Times Award as well, when we were sort of, we were listener, we were listener heavy on that one, and that was lovely. I didn't actually get it. Was it, was it who did I lose out to on the listener? Was it Eddie Mayer I lost out to? I can't remember. On the Radio Times thing. I can't I think Eddie Mayer might have. I can't remember. Is that awful? You forget things so quickly nowadays. But I, I got sort of, I got an award because it was the, uh, it was the listeners. It was you that voted. 
Eddie got the critics one. That's right. He's a big fan of this programme. Huge fan. I sat next to him at dinner. Well, I mean, I was two away from him at dinner. And uh, he, he got a picture of me and Sheila Fogarty as she was trying to wrestle my award out of my hands. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was lovely. It really was lovely. And I did say in my, in my little speech, which wasn't scripted, by the way, off the cuff, because that's what I do for a living, uh, that, uh, you know, I love the people I work with. I seriously do. Not all of them. Uh, but most of them, a good 90% of people, you know, I, I, I love because I work with them and I've worked with them for a long, long time. Even O'Brien sent me a thing the other day saying, you silly sausage. I don't know what he's heard. I've got no, seriously, I've got no idea. <laughs> but no, everybody's really nice. Sickening, isn't it? Isn't it absolutely sickening when you, when you turn on the radio and there's some poor bloke going about how much he likes where he works and all the people are so nice to him. And they are. People are very nice to me. I think it's out of sympathy. I think they just do it because, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Oh, yes, a bloke has a seizure. One minute he can't paint. Now he paints like you've never seen. He's, I mean, he's, if something has been, you know, in his brain a bit unbalanced. He can paint. He can, he can copy, like, sunflowers and stuff like that. And there's a bloke called Jack Somebody who does a picture of people dancing which is fairly, uh, fairly well, well sourced. And, uh, and he, he can copy that as well. So he's had a seizure and now he can paint lovely pictures. Wish I, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm tempted to say I wish I had a seizure and then I could uh, paint, but I can't. It's like we were talking yesterday about people who sing. And James Buckley was in Les Miserables years and years ago. He was Gavroche. And uh, so he sings... Little people fire. Steve, I went, uh, read in our local rag that uh, Kerry Catone is in Panto in Clacton. No, no, it, it's, 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 yes, it's, it could be a little, yeah, it's, yes, yeah, oh, she's doing one day in Clacton. Two shows on one day. Well, I mean, nobody's going to buy a ticket. Who's going to buy tickets? Who's going to buy, why would you want her anywhere? Oh, dear. Claire says, I buy annual worldwide travel insurances. Once you're over 60 with a few ailments, it works out cheaper. However, you've got to be careful as it only covers for holidays of less than 30 days each. Well, I'm never likely to have anything longer than 30 days. In fact, to actually get Steve Allen to take a holiday would be the miracle of all miracles. I just can't do it. I was saying to somebody the other day, because I said, uh, sorry, uh, why, why don't you take holidays? I said, to do what? What is the point of doing a holiday? Holidays, you either go somewhere because you want to see the country uh, or you want to go and lie by a swimming pool. Well, I can do that in the bathroom. I can turn on a sun lamp and have exactly the same effect. What's the point of going and sitting in somebody else's mucky water? I'm not interested. And they go, oh, you can go on excursions. What for? I can go to Feltham. I can go to Richmond, Hampton Court. I can go in the car. I can go anywhere I want. I don't want to go on an excursion. And people go, oh, but you should do, because it, it broadens the mind. I've been everywhere. Everywhere I wanted to be. My parents were in the forces. I've been in loads of places. I've been stuck there for two years. You imagine being stuck in Hong Kong for two years, stuck in Egypt for two years. There's a picture of me playing in the dirt. The dirt. In my nappy. In Egypt. Because I was, I was quite a young person in Egypt. You know, we, we've done Germany, and we've, we've done... I've, done, I've been to loads of places. I can't think of anywhere. Off the top of my head, if somebody said, oh, where would you like to go to? I can think, there's nowhere I want to go to. As they say in The Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. And that's what it is. Remember, wherever I go away, I can't wait to get back. It doesn't matter. I was driving into London this morning. Well, the driver was driving into town this morning. And I remember thinking to myself as I drove in, I'm so proud to be in London. I work in London. 
It doesn't matter how dirty it is, how filthy it is, how many drunks there are. It doesn't make any difference. It's still London. It's still London, and I live here. It's interesting. I'm looking at uh, Shamima Begum. They come out of the interview with this other woman, whoever she is, holding whoever baby it is. She doesn't hand it to Shamima. She goes in, the other woman's still holding it. Perhaps she doesn't have a bond with the child. It's all very odd. Uh, So, 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 uh, the former army captain on The Real Misery, he said a lot of people out there begging on the streets are frauds. They're fakes. You can always tell. You don't have to look at them to realise, you know, if they've got nicely done hair and things like that and they don't look grubby, they're not living on the streets. They're frauds. Lots of them. He said, but there is real misery among Britain's homeless. We, we got the people who just sit... Uh, for some reason, being homeless means that you lose the inability or the ability to speak. Or was it... Uh, like, and you go, I'm sorry, what did you say? But you've got to watch them. He says there's lots of frauds out there. Uh, also, uh, Michael Jackson's family battling over the child sex abuse claims. And a nurse left in agony because she's allergic to her pacemaker. So they've given her one, which is titanium. She wanted the gold one, as if it makes any difference. You know, they're very tiny pacemakers. They run about 10 years on the little battery inside, and they literally make an incision in your shoulder. I think they give you a, um, a, an injection first, and then they just drop it in. I mean, not obviously like dropping you know, something into an envelope, but that's how it's done, very quickly. Uh, re-rare fragrances. It'd be a rare day in Croydon not to encounter the waft of multiple chicken and burger shops then to be overcome by clouds of cheap body sprays and aftershave on the tram. Living the dream. I know. First time, Steve, says Holly, I had fake grass laid in the back garden. I realised it was no longer flat a few months later. It gradually began to look like where the Teletubbies live and I soon realised I had a mole trapped underneath and had to call out the mole catcher. He lifted the lawn, made ten holes, inserted the traps. Once the mole was caught... I had to pay to have the lawn levelled out and relayed. Most expensive pest I've ever had. Oh, no, you see them in, fill, in um, fields out in the countryside, and there'll be 30 or 40 little hillocks where the mould has, has come up. But uh, my godchildren have got fake grass. It's brilliant. It's seriously brilliant. And they have two dogs. It's seriously very, 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 very good. I've seen some really rubbish ones, cheap ones, but uh, you pay for what you get. If you, if you pay for nice... You get some really nice stuff, really nice stuff. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, what else do we have? I, oh, yeah, the BBC. Slammed for ruling out a posh white applicant uh, from a £20,000 role. They want somebody from an ethnic minority. Isn't that called discrimination? Doesn't it, doesn't it go to, to the right person? It doesn't make any difference what, what colour or ethnicity the person is. It goes to the person who's best qualified for the job. You know, if if my boss thought that, you know, somebody could cover my programme and they were from an ethnic background, who'd care? Wouldn't make any difference. You know, it just it just depends what you're used to, doesn't it? And after 40 years, you've got used to me, which is lovely. Um, I still worry about this this pest controller. One one wasp sting and he dies. He must have had a real allergic reaction. Also, paying to sit together on flights is a waste of money. You don't get that. I mean, does that still happen? So if you, if you go on holiday with somebody, there is a chance that you might not be sitting next to them. To be honest with you, I mean, you know, if it happens to... But I don't think it's ever happened to me. I've always managed to sit next to the person I'm going on holiday with, but I don't mind somebody else. I got stuck on one flight. Where was I going? America, I thought. I got stuck on a flight in between two people, and I was in the middle seat. And they were talking to each other over me. Oh, awful. I thought, we've got hours of this, so I just closed my eyes and went to sleep. Love falling asleep on planes. Grace says, what about a, a working holiday cruise with us spikers? Technology means you could still broadcast and have a lovely time with us. There's a thought. Somebody did that, actually, years and years. Somebody went on a holiday 
uh, with their listeners. I think it was Jeremy Dry all those years ago. I think he went on holiday with listeners and they, they were flying somewhere. That's nice. We, we could have... Could, sorry, would I take producer and AP? Of course not. Ridiculous. Why would you think you'd be going? Why would you... Well, we don't need one person. Yeah, one is fine. We're not going to waste money on a second. What would you do? Hand out drinks and peanuts on the flight. You'd have to wear your little, you know, uniform. Nice. You're looking to get paid for a holiday. Oh, OK. All right, I'll take you as well. I'll take you. Yeah, yo. Should I take you as hand luggage or something? I don't want to pay for a seat. Could you stand up going if we put, put a strap up or something? Just hang on to it. Do you know, years ago, when people were very poor in Victorian times uh, and you didn't have anywhere to sleep for the night... You could do something called, I can't remember what it was, but it involves a piece of rope and you literally lean over it and it goes under your arms and you fall asleep like that. And there's pictures, you have a look, people sleeping in Victorian times on a piece of rope. There was a name for it, it was in the poorhouse and they leant over this rope and they paid, I think, a penny for the privilege. And somebody said, what, they slept like that? It was either that, you sit on the streets... And there's a very good chance you're going to be robbed and die and mugged and all the rest of it. But it was it was a rope thing that just went across. Thought that's it. If you've got pictures of it, have a look on images. And there's people. It, you can't believe it, can you? That in the in the real world, that somebody actually slept like that. People who didn't have any things. Wait a minute. No, four penny. Co- oh no, no, it was no, it was, no, it wasn't the four penny cover. That was another place you could sleep in. It just a an empty box. It was um, it was a rope. I can't remember what they called it. I can't remember. Have a look at a penny for your lodgings. A strange and wonderful collection. There you go. There you go. Top right. And top, top left. Top left. There you go. That's how people slept. An East End Doss House. Beds were available, but they were more expensive than this, this penny rope thing. And that's how people slept. Men, women and children. You can't believe it. Rope sleeping. Rope sleeping. Amazing. You think yourself lucky. You think you want to come on a holiday with us and get a seat. No chance. Producer heard uh, an Aussie radio show do their show live from a cruise ship, which was out at sea a couple of years ago. They were terrified about the line going down, but it never did. Something for us to consider. Yeah, we could do it, couldn't we? We could do it sort of on a ship. Be nice. You could be sort of (laughs) carry on cruising, wouldn't it? LBC would definitely pay for that. I'm sure I'll have a word with the boss. I'm sure he'd be going, that's all right, Steve, we could do that. Where would you like to go to? <laughs> uh, Dean says, Violet Carson, who played Ina Sharples, lived two minutes down the road from where I now live in, in uh, Bisham in Blackpool, long before we lived here. Wow. I gave up fried food for Lent, Steve. But uh, a bit of KFC has never looked so good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I can believe that as well. I should imagine if you're that hungry. It's like, you know, if you sort of... Um, if you sort of, you haven't had any water for ages and somebody says, I've got a cold bottle of water. And you go, have you? <laughs> Do anything. Steve, are you thinking about the tuppenny rope, Suzanne? I don't know how much it costs. I thought it was about a penny. But that's how people slept. That's how people slept. Scott says, if I was sat in the middle of two people that knew each other on a plane, why wouldn't you want to want to swap seats? Then it's win-win. I don't know. It just didn't happen for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the tuppenny hangover, sleeping on a rope. So there was the four-penny coffin. Actually, four pennies was a lot of money. You could save a, you'd save a lot of money. That's two nights on the tuppenny rope. You know, it's a nice thing to do, isn't it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
So a bit of, I had a bit of uh, good news the other day. Apart from the fact we did some uh, a couple of interviews with three people. Two interviews, three people. It was wonderful. And, um, and I ordered some stuff from America. But from the same company, I ordered two different times. First of all, I ordered one load of stuff, paid for it. And then I ordered something else. And the thing that I ordered second came through about two weeks ago. But this other parcel vanished. And I thought, oh, no. I mean, all I did, I paid for surface mail from America. So I forget what I paid for it anyway. And I remember thinking, oh, that's the first time I've ever lost anything. And there's only one time I ordered some stuff from Germany, some pens, and they never arrived through. And so I then put it down to the fact I thought, well, obviously somebody's nicked it or something like that. And yet it, it's a trackable parcel. Blow me down yesterday. You know, I, I kind of sort of every day I think, oh, I wonder if it'll turn up today, you know, surprise me. Yesterday it turned up. But because I wasn't in, I was out, uh, they pushed a card through the door. They didn't push the item through the door. Why? Because customs have slapped a charge on it. £11 and six pence. <laughs> I think £3 is... Uh, no, sorry. £3 is post office. The rest is is the customs charge. But I'm so delighted to actually have it that uh, that I um, I sort of kind of forgot everything else. I went, oh, look, it's actually turned up. Actually turned up. So I should go and get it tomorrow. Kate says they were called flop houses. Sam thinks the sleeping on the rope was known as hangover rope, hence the derivation of the word. Uh, as often it was used after too much cheap gin. And Dallas says you didn't update us on how Scott Mitchell's half marathon went. He did the half marathon. He did the half marathon. He's got a full marathon to do, and that'll be on um, late April. He's doing that then. A full marathon. Uh, Albert says, how come the idiot who attacked the football player was in court found guilty? No, he wasn't. He pleaded guilty. He pleaded guilty. That's why it was a very short case. I mean, surely, surely you must have... Oh, Popper, are you okay? Oh, dear. It's not nice when, when you're ill, is it? Need a haircut. Just saying, you know, yeah, just just a little haircut. You don't need... Uh, 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 uh. Just. He's very sprightly. He's, I think his tummy's still a bit upset. I think he's still a little bit upset, which is the way mine's gone at the moment, so there you go. Uh, which is not so great, but... What are you drinking now? Is that water? Oh, right. You drink a lot of water, don't you? And yet you're iller than I am. I'm the one who's got all the major illnesses. I might do, give myself some uh, some insulin in a minute, just to liven up the programme. <laughs> ow! Ow! Always hurts. Uh, please, Steve, says Duncan, sleeping on a rope. Don't give Ryanair any ideas. Actually, I don't, <laughs> what would be the matter with that? If you just had two bits of rope running down, or three or four, and you just lean over it and go to sleep? Do you have to be in a seat? Well, who cares about anything? <laughs> who cares? And uh, so, uh, Steve... Don't those words always seem to go together? Over 60 with a few ailments. Oh, I know, if you've reached 60 and you haven't had a few ailments, you haven't lived, have you, really? Although the producers started taking his shoes off at work. We used to have a boss years and years ago. Have you got your shoe on today? Oh, right. But we used to have a boss who used to pad around <laughs> with, no, with no shoes on. And I did it a few times, but then he sort of thought, no, I can't do that. Being diabetic, we, have, you know, we don't have brilliant feet. Uh, Jeremy says, first time I've been working earliest for a few months, but thankfully you're here to get me to work with a cheer. Every cloud and all that. Silver lining, isn't it? And Richard says, whilst being sympathetic to the pest controller who died from a wasp sting, I find it very surprising. Uh, for instance, if you visited a malaria zone, you'd have the necessary inoculation. Yes, I mean, I don't, he's been a pest controller for years. Not anymore. The Tupney hangover gives rise, says Neil, to the phrase, I could sleep on a clothesline. Sleep. <laughs> 
The Tupney hangover, it was the last resort if you couldn't afford the coffin beds. After that, it was the street. Yeah, somebody said, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to sleep on, on the penny rope or Tupney rope or whatever it was, then uh, go on the streets. Of course, people didn't. It was that the streets were filthy and dirty and horrible. Uh, sleeping over a rope is where the saying came from. Money for old rope, because it was so cheap to do. Yeah, I mean, they were, if, if you managed to get, what? Yeah. You learn a lot this morning, isn't it? But, I mean, if if you were sleeping on a rope and you'd get ten people on it, you'd made 20 pennies, which was, you know, you could live on that quite nicely. Jeremy says, still on the beach in Thailand. Has <laughs> the tide not come in and gone back out again? Still loving the show, having a glass of the local rum called Hong Thong. It's a bit cheap and nasty. Made me think of Katie Price. Jeremy, please, wash your mouth out. It's not good, is it? Can't be rude to her, because she's in court tomorrow, so perhaps she must be coming back today. Unless, of course, she's forgotten about it, in which case that's no excuse, and I think they can issue a warrant for your arrest, because uh, she made such a big deal about going there. Then there was a few silly pictures of her in the hotel, which doesn't appear to have any other residents. Or perhaps they cleared them out with her cooking in the kitchen. She can't cook, as we all know. And um, she's out there with her little boyfriend... As I say, for the moment, it'll be the usual bunch of rubbish, isn't it, that'll be coming out of her. But uh, she's due in court tomorrow. So we'll wait and see. Wait and see. Jennifer Lopez's engagement to Alex Rodriguez has been rocked by claims he's cheating just 48 hours after he proposed. Oh, dear. What is it with people that uh, that cannot, you know, um, that cannot keep their relationships going? It's just, it's very odd, isn't it? You can't believe... Oh, look, there's Kelly Brook. Good Lord above, look at those. And uh, so she's in the paper today. Plus, stiletto Meg's hug for Kate. Kate and Megan rose above royal infighting. Uh, To be honest with you, unfortunately, poor old Megan's outfit looks absolutely atrocious. It really does. The the pillbox hat, awful. And they say her outfit, uh, a chain-link print candy dress... Dark green purse, all Victoria Beckham. Must be given free, must it, I suppose, for poor old Victoria to try and get something going. But I mean, honestly, you look at that, it just looks shapeless. Whereas, in fact, Kate's outfit looks absolutely amazing. She uh, she wore it from her New Zealand tour in 2014. And she's slim, the hair looks beautiful, the hat looks great. She's got the class that Megan doesn't have. But you wouldn't expect Megan to have class. She's only an actress in suits and they've ditched that programme, haven't they? Here's the, the thug, jobless dad, Paul Mitchell, 27 pictured in a prison van. Uh, what they do is, they, the cameramen, they just hold up the thing, go click, 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 click. Because at some point, you'll have seen him in the wagon. And here he is. Got a 14-week sentence. The yob shocked the football world by running on the pitch. But he's, uh, he's jobless. I hope he's not claiming any money. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, to think that he wasn't getting a penny piece. And uh, also, a troll was blasted by his family for mocking Jack Grealish over his dead baby brother. Alfie Perkins tweeted a picture of the grave of nine-month-old Keelan, who died in the year 2000. He said, the tragedy gives me more satisfaction than anything. What? I mean, people like you just don't deserve to be around anybody. Uh, A relative said, I don't care what happens to him. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, what disgusting people. What disgusting people. And, uh, And then he laughed. Then he laughed. Alfie Perkins, his name is. At Alfie Perkins. He might have scored, but he'd never bring his dead brother back. What on earth? You know, are you some drunk or something? Or are you on sort of, uh, sort of some dreadful drugs? Why would you ever want to write that to anybody at all? You've been a pond life. But uh, anyway. Uh, Steve, Kerry Katona's Panto Easter Tour is visiting 19 theatres. 
Yeah, they're not actually performing. They're just visiting 19 theatres. Starting in Northwich in Cheshire, says Tim, in Cheshire. He says, you've not got Scottish boy's tummy bug. I might have. Might have. I mean, he, he apparently can't keep anything down at the moment. He said to me, because I've offered him some food. I've, I've, I've offered him some, um, uh, some watermelon, because that sort of melts in your mouth. That's not too heavy, but no... Little his little a little tear, oh, it's a shame, and, and his little his, his little bottom lip quivers like that. And then so I've offered him a roast beef sandwich. His eyes are lit up, of course. You know, not being a proper vegetarian, and uh, I've offered him some cold coffee, iced coffee from Jimmy's, which is quite nice. And I've offered him what else? Did I offered him. I've got a nice sandwich, brie and grape. No, he can't do anything. I mean, there's nothing. Better if I produced a fifty pound note, he'd be there, wouldn't he? Ooh, tickle my tummy, tickle my tummy. Give me a fifty pound note, thank you. We just want anything to eat. Not a, not particularly well, Steve Allen, this morning. But it doesn't matter. Tom Parker Bowl says, hand off my spag bowl. And uh, the MI5's regret over burying claims that Thatcher Aid was a child abuser. That's not a good story at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. All the same lying down. Doesn't make any difference, does it? Uh, sorry, there, there you are. There you are. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the programme. It's Tuesday, the 12th of March. Do you know we're racing through this year? It'll soon be Easter. But they've been having Easter eggs in Costco and loads of other shops for ages now. When is Easter? It's April, isn't it? April showers. Today, the storm... What? Gareth is coming in. <laughs> That's where we're all going to get blown away. <laughs> I wish. But um, it's a case of, you know, you've got to tie down furniture. And somebody wrote to me yesterday. I said, tie down the furniture. And they said, what, have you got no windows or something? I thought, yeah, 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 I've got windows. got windows. Five and a half weeks to Easter. But the Easter eggs have been out for ages. When I went down to my brother's, I always try and empty the boot of the car. It never works because there's so much stuff in it. And uh, three of them carried out tons of sweets and chocolates and jelly beans and just everything. A whole box of creme eggs. A whole box of creme eggs. They were all very excited. Very excited. So uh, so there you go. Um, this uh, Oh, the Prodigy singer. I feel so sorry for him, actually. I feel sorry for anybody who has to go through this. Not for them, for the people that they leave behind. Because people, you know, I remember there was a woman who came home and her husband was a footballer and he'd committed suicide. And you think just, that was Gary, Gary Speed. And, it was, and you think, there must be something that's in their mind. And so when the other day we heard of Keith Flint dying and people kept writing to me saying, how did he die? Um, and I thought then, and I was right, that he hanged himself. And uh, this was, you know, so, so sad. You know, the paramedics arrived and found he'd passed away. And um, he hit a personal best. He did a run, a five-kilometre run, only the Saturday prior to it. So he was, uh, you know, gosh, so awful. He'd also just put his house on the market after failing to win back his estranged wife. Um, but, you know, you can't blame her for anything. It's not her fault. Not her fault. It's just so so terrible, really, that somebody would hang themselves. Because, and the reason I say this, and this is going to sound a bit peculiar, is that if you are hanged, like years ago when we had a death penalty and we hanged people, they would measure the drop so that they knew, and I forget which vertebrae it is that breaks, but they, they move the knot to one side and there's a vertebrae that breaks and then it kills you. Almost instantly. Almost instantly. But if you're doing it yourself at home... It's not. It's going to be like death by strangulation. So that's that's really awful. And you think that, you know, you've got nobody to talk to. You've always got people to talk to. There's always the Samaritans. They won't offer advice. They'll just listen to you. 
if you want somebody to, you know, to have listened to you and they listen very sympathetically, then you can call them on double one six one two three, double one six one two three. And I only offer you that because at this time of the morning, people can be very low. People can get very depressed about things. So that's why a speech radio works brilliantly. And secondly, the Samaritans are there. They're waiting to listen. They they won't sort of tell you off or anything like that. They just want to they just want to listen to you. And if you need somebody to listen to, they're there. Okay. Uh, my hero says Sue. When were you in Hong Kong? I was born in Kowloon Naval Hospital, nineteen fifty three. Good lord. We were in there in nineteen. I have to remember actually. Nineteen sixty four. I think we were in Hong Kong when I was <laughs> not born. I uh, yeah no. I think I was 10. I was 10, actually, over in Hong Kong. Because I've got pictures of me in my school uniform. So, 64. And we had a... Um, what do they call them? We had a... Not a thunderstorm or a tsunami or anything like that. We had a typhoon. Typhoon. I think it was Typhoon Mary. I can't remember. And uh, that's where everything falls down on the hillsides. Everything. All the uh, all the squatters and everything else. All the huts, you know, they just collapse. And uh, it was... Uh, but I remember it reasonably well. I remember it also because we've got cine film of it, Sue, so I, I quite like that. Uh, James says, you're not being entirely truthful with us, Steve. What about all those Christmas cards you send out to us each year that we never receive? Did, did you not get a Christmas card? I'm getting birthday cards already, which is quite nice. Uh, Paul in Illinois, the colonies, a place called Grays Lake, says the show Suits is still running here in the States. It's just that What's-Her-Name isn't on it anymore. And today, he says, is my 71st birthday. Yo, yo. The, yes, the current series of Suits is the last. Mind you, I never saw it anyway. I didn't know anything about it. People say to me, oh, it's, it's very, very good. Kerry Katona's Panto Easter Tour is visiting 19 theatres, says Tim in Cheshire. 19 theatres. They're not having very much luck selling a lot of seats. Why would you want to go and see her? Can't think of anybody who'd want to go and see her. She's not exactly a role model, is she? You know, for sort of kids who sort of go to see pantomimes. On Earth Battle Brush is doing, I've got no idea. Uh, here we go, James Jordan on his path to skating glory. He's a professional dancer. Don't don't believe everything. He says everybody thinks I'm arrogant. Yep, everybody believes you're arrogant. We've seen your arrogance on the television. Not very pleasant. He says as I get older, I'm getting a bit softer. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less, matey. But uh, he's... Um, He's very miserable. He steps on people's toes. He's just arrogant. You're very, very arrogant. So don't try and spin it again. We know exactly what you like. We've seen evidence of it on the television. Experts have now issued a warning on Storm Gareth. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour will damage buildings, uproot trees and cause travel chaos and power cuts as the weather bomb lashes the nation. Oh, my God, Harless. Oh, I hope it's not going to be here today. It ruins my hair. Every time I go out there and this sort of thing, you think, oh, I can't do it. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> a bawdy secret is exposed at a retirement flat in Prince Charles's designer village. A fascia board blew off Bow's Lion Court, named after the Queen Mother and modelled on Buckingham Palace, to reveal uh, glue had been applied in the shape of a willy in, uh, in Poundbury. <laughs> There's a picture of it, and it is, it is a willy. Well, as I remember them, as I remember them, uh, two people, two people stripped off and started having sex in front of passengers on a National Express coach. Well, you don't get that. I mean, you normally have to pay for that, but apparently it was free, which is OK. They're not thought to have known each other before the journey started. The driver stopped and called the police. Uh, this was in um, Devon on the M5 around 10.40 p.m. 
Good Lord above. But anyway, they've been arrested. A 29-year-old man and a 32-year-old woman. They must have been drunk. Why would you want to take all your clothes off on a National Express coach? That's for sedate people. Yes, I mean, Megabus may be, but not National Express. Apparently National Express said, we're aware of an alleged incident. Well, that, well, that'll be helpful then, won't it? You're aware of an alleged incident. OK, rubble. Rubble at Mill. Rubble at Mill. This is Coronation Street. The Corrie Who Done It. OK. These are, the, these are the people. They've named six suspects behind the upcoming fatal collapse at Corrie's Knicker Factory. Harry, oh, sorry, Seb Franklin, Gary Windass, Carla Connor, Peter Barlow, Nick Tilsley, or Robert Preston. Which one of them? Which one of them set this off here? And uh, there are certain people. Sally Webster was under rubble after she and her sister Gina staged a rooftop protest over the job cuts and the roof fell in. They love a good disaster. So one of them... Is going to die. Uh, co-owner Nick Tilsley is suspected of an insurance fiddle. Seb Franklin's in the frame as he wants revenge on boss Gary, who tried it on with his girlfriend. Peter Barlow and Robert Preston are angry after splits from Carla and sister-in-law Michelle. But who dies? Who dies? Somebody's going and somebody will be found guilty. They've always got to do it, haven't they? They've always got to do something that is sort of, it upsets the apple cart. Why can't they just have a nice time? And why is nobody selling kebabs in Coronation Street? No kebabs. They've got the, um... I think they've got a fish and chip shop, I think. I think that's right, they've got a Costa Coffee because they paid to be there. And I think they have uh, what's its cafe. We can probably get a good front. I've never seen anything being cooked ever. Obviously far too dangerous. Uh, and then walking through Vegas the other day. Yes, it's Chloe uh, Kardashian, which is lovely. So she's, uh, she's gone for a walk through wearing some sort of mesh outfit. They really are a most disgusting family. I've seen them on the television. I've seen the Kardashians. Naff, naff, naff. Uh, also, also, Pointless co-host Richard Osman has suggested an episode of the hit BBC quiz show had to be cut over a question about Michael Jackson, so they took it out. Comedian Sarah Millican and Gary Delaney tweeted about appearing on an episode, only for it to be replaced by a different one. Gary says, we've been bumped from Pointless. After Richard asked, is there a Jacko question involved, he said it's insane, all sorts of little things can mean an episode is shelved for repeats, because the BBC have said they're not going to use any of Michael Jackson's music in Strictly Come Dancing. And there's no evidence of anything. No evidence of anything at all. It's, it's really most bizarre, most bizarre, that, that people have made decisions based on two people who might or might not be telling the truth. That's, that's the... Uh, what's it? Who is it? Oh, hello, Popper. Is it very windy out there? Yeah, very windy. I know. We're all sicky-poos in here. We're all not very well. I know. I don't think it's contagious. I think we're just sort of feeling a little bit sort of... Are we scared her off? When you have to mention illness and she's out the door as fast as possible, you'll be hearing from her very, very shortly, which is good. I've recently discovered Nick Abbott to sell in Kent, and I'm afraid to say I'm now addicted. So now when I have the odd hour or two free most days, it's a toss-up between you and Nick. What a dilemma. I don't think there's any dilemma there at all. It's me, straightforwardly. Mind you, of course, if you write to him, he'll say exactly the same. Listen to Steve Allen. <laughs> because that's what it's like. You've only recently discovered Nick Abbott. Is that because he's on at a time you wouldn't normally hear him? Probably. Because you can catch him. Yes, I mean, he is only covering for Darren. Only for this week. So you've only got today's Tuesday. You've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's it. Three three days. And then he's back onto his, his normal shift. He must be exhausted, actually. Because he's not used to working so many days, is he? So he's done what? 
16 days in a row. God, he'll better change that naff old car of his, won't he? Have you seen it? It's only a classic car. It's only classic, seriously. It's worth a fortune. It's worth far more than mine. Mine's just a cheap little old thing. Not even anything to write home about. Uh, Steve, there is a kebab shop in Corrie run by Chesney and owned by Dev. Is there a kebab shop? I would think there would have to be. Because it seems that the fish and chip monopoly in EastEnders is owned by uh, the the young lad who's been in it so many years now, I feel there's something going on between the two of us. I think it's great. Richard says, perhaps the couple getting it on on the coach in Devon had had too much scrumpy. Well, they certainly had too much something. Why would you get on a coach and take all your clothes off and start, unless they were filming it and it's going to be on the internet or something like that? People are so weird. They'd be like me taking my clothes off in this studio now. All right, I'm, no, I'm not going to do it. Very anti, that idea they are next door. Scottish boy shook his head so violently, made himself ill. Good. He wasn't well yesterday. He went home early. Very early. And um, and, and, he, and he, he managed to force down a cheese sandwich and some crisps. Lovely, isn't it, really? So sweet. I wouldn't have thought a cheese sandwich would have been particularly good for you. I was always told toast. I was, I was chalking the other day to Tim Vincent... Uh, extra blue Peter and everything else. And we, we were talking about it. And he said, I often spit out my conflicts listening to your hilarious comments, which is very disturbing as I only eat toast for breakfast. <sighs> See, toast is very good for you. If, if you're not feeling very well, toast is, is very good. I don't know why. I bought a little Warburton's loaf the other day. It's small, only small little loaf for those people who couldn't. I couldn't eat a whole loaf. That'd be ridiculous. And, and, the, and it fits into the toaster. Absolutely. So it really toasts the whole of the bread as opposed to just, you know, the inch from the top or something like that. But I love it. Toast is very good for you. Dry toast would be very good for you if you've got a dicky tummy. That's what I'll probably have when I get home. I'll probably have some dry toast. Or probably not, actually. I don't know. Perhaps a tin of beans or something. No, no, not not, not beans, no. Toast with... Or some little sausages. I mean, no, not for you, of course, because you'd have to have tofu sausages. You know, I'm sure they're lovely. No, you don't like tofu. No. I think you're secretly just a meat eater, aren't you? Because when, when I saw you looking at my roast beef sandwich, I thought... You go, oh, that looks really nice, doesn't it? Looks lovely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <gasps> Why not? 19 minutes past five. Nice to have your company. Uh, isn't it Michelle who's leaving Corrie? How come nobody ever shops in the co-op or turns their lights off when they leave their house, says Jill? Uh, I don't know, actually. You're asking, you're asking the wrong person, actually. Yeah, is that... Oh, see, I didn't know she was leaving. Where did you hear that? Where did you hear you leaving? Because normally I'm the one who tells people these things, but I don't like spoilers, as you can well imagine. Don't, yeah, we're sorry if anybody's been offended by that. <laughs> right. Uh, I was in London yesterday and I had the uh, the pleasure, says Ian, of listening to Dave O'Brien for three hours. He's very entertaining. Is he? All oh, right. Yes, of course he is. You never heard him before then? Or was there something new? People discovering LBC presenters. I think it's quite good, actually. Now that the uh, the award went all over the internet, they go, oh, 40 years. So yesterday I was talking to people and uh, and they were all saying exactly the same thing. Oh, how nice, you know, to get an award and all that kind of stuff. And you go, yeah. And then people say, I'm now going to be listening uh, to the uh, to the programme uh, more, more regularly because people have only just sort of, you know, sort of listened in on odd occasions. So yesterday, James Buckley uh, was in. It was lovely, seriously lovely. What a nice guy. And, uh, and, and he had a smile on his face. He said, it's so funny because we were talking. I said, you know, uh, I know everything you're talking about when he was saying. 
Um, you know, people come up to him and say how much they like him. He said, and I go home, he said, my wife keeps me grounded. Of course, he doesn't look old enough to actually have a wife or two children aged seven and five. But he said, I love people coming up to me and just saying nice things. He said, it, it's re- I said, I had the same the other night. I said, no, it was very touching. And uh, we had Jason Isaacs in and Kingsley Benadir. That's the name you've got to look out for. And I'll tell you why you've got to look out for it, because he's just gone in to AO, where they've already, they've already filmed his bit. He sort of comes in, there's a bit of Jason Isaacs there. And Jason Isaacs was bigging him up yesterday. He said, you watch this, this boy here, Kingsley Benadir. He's, he's leaving this country to go and live in New York to make it over there. And uh, Jason thinks it's absolutely going to make it. He bigged him up so much. Kingsley would just sort of sit there and go, stop it. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, I think that's a name you have to look out for. Definitely. Uh, because uh, he, he could be, as they say, the one to watch. Jason, of course, you, you know, he was just nice. But he's, he's a man. Of, he said, I look really good for my age. 42. And he wears vans. He sings show tunes in the car. I mean, he, is, he said, I am the gayest straight man you'll ever meet. They, they were both charming. Both charming. Uh, Dali says, how long have you known Nick Abbott? Um, we've been here 13 years, have we? Good grief. Nick Abbott's been here 13 years. At Elbit, well, they're like 13. And then was he with us in our other building? Can't remember. I mean, I would think between 13 and 15 years. It's quite a lot, but then all the people I work with, I work with Nick back, you know, two, two buildings ago. Two buildings ago, when we were in the ITN building. That was a long time ago. So you do get to know people because you see them all the time. Mike says, I'm sorry to hear Scottish boys unwell. Oh, that's right. Big him up in the unwell department. I, I, I presently seem to be surrounded by fellows who are seriously sicky-poos and it's draining. Still, you're keeping the spirits up with your award-winning show. He says, what's the latest on Peter Andre's tour? I don't know. It's still going on. Is it still going on? I don't know. We're still waiting for him to go back uh, and do and complete the Australian tour that he cancelled. Because uh, there's no mention of that at all. I've listened to Dave O'Brien and Nick Abbott, and I'm now certain we're all doomed, says Richard. <laughs> you have to appreciate the fact that when people do radio programmes, that, you know, they're, they're sort of giving of themselves... And they uh, and everybody comes over differently. I can listen to Dave O'Brien in my car. If I'm out there doing a bit of shopping, I like it. I like it when he has an argument with somebody because I'm always in awe of people. Uh, Majid does it as well. Lots of people do do good argument on the radio. I don't do things. I can't do that because I'm not doing a phone in. But to listen to them doing it, I think that's terribly clever. Terribly clever. But my boss says he loves me. So that's that's all that matters. Uh, Steve, stop fibbing. As if you were a child in 1964. I know, I know. I have to do it. It keeps up the pretense, doesn't it? Uh, Re Keith Flint, for any spiker feeling a bit blue today, don't forget we're all part of a massive, loving and supporting spiker family. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? People are so nice. People are so nice. Did you find the story of the bloke who can now paint? This is Tony Waite, 69, left with slight problems. But as he recovered, he, he got an urge to pick up a paintbrush. I mean, he's, he, he's blooming good. His friend, Peter Lyons, says that uh, people are blown away by his talent. He says, I love doing portraits uh, and forging Monets. He forges Monet. I wouldn't mind a Monet. How much would you pay for that? There was a very famous person some years ago. He was a very famous forger. And he was so good, they gave him a programme on Channel 4, I think, where he showed you how to forge pictures. Uh, but this one, he, he's done water lilies. and every, He's very clever. Listen, I mean... 
There is actually a business there, isn't there, really? Somebody can copy something. I love it. You get a lot of Thai artists who can copy. And then there's those blokes who sell their pictures by the railings, by the, by the Ritz, which are all painted in China. You can tell they're all painted in China because there's so many different styles there. An artist generally has one style. And so they're definitely not painted by the, these blokes at all. They've got racks of this stuff that comes in. And people, I don't know how many people buy it. But I remember seeing a documentary on the television years ago. I wish they'd show it again. Uh, you know, to be, uh, to prove that there's all these places where you go and you just buy, you know, 500 paintings or something. And they're all different. You know, some of them, but you, you could just tell they're all painted uh, from a school. Uh, another one here. It was you, Mr. Allen, who told us last week Kim Marsh, who plays Michelle, is leaving Corrie after 13 years to do reality shows, says Jill. Well, yeah, but only because it was in the papers. Only because it was in, in the papers. If it's in the papers, it's fair game. Once it's reached that thing, there's nobody ever going to sue you. And she's been dragging it out. She's not going till much later in the year. Much later in the year. And she said, oh, she, she hasn't ruled out a reality show. She's trying to make some money. But, of course, you know, she's of no interest to anybody. She was in a group called Hearsay. Then she joined Coronation Street with no experience. And so she's done that. Now she thinks that there's money to be made when, when she hears about people, you know, and they've got their own clothing and all this kind of stuff. And you think, yeah, much younger people have. Much younger people. Obviously, somebody said to her, listen, you, you can do really well on that. But I just, I think it's unlikely. Steve, morning. And the Facebook Spikers group. I feel like Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz, but look more like Wurzel Gummidge. Lashing with rain and blowing an absolute gale this morning. Left the ruby slippers off, though, and got the sturdy wellies out as I have to walk across a field from the hospital to the universities. Please be very careful, says Heather, who is the Norwich nurse. Morning, Heather. We met in Joe Allen's. We met in Joe which I've not been to for a little while. I've been a bit remiss. Who's Dave O'Brien? He does the uh, 10 a.m. show in the morning. He uh, comes up after Nick Ferrari. It's Steve Allen, Nick Ferrari, Dave O'Brien. I know he calls himself something else on air. Is his what? Hammers, right. But uh, it, that, that, yeah, Hammers O'Brien. But he has, he has a, a different working name. That, that's, that's, that's who he is. Do you know 5.7 million of you get up in the middle of the night to go for a wee? That's good. Do you wake up in the middle of the night to go for a wee? No, you sleep all the way through. Do you? Oh, right, you wake up in the middle of the night to go to work. No, you know what I mean, though? Do you, when you go to sleep, do you have an uninterrupted sleep for, what, eight hours? No. You, you have an honour You don't. You can't have. No, I don't either. I wake up probably about twice or three times. In fact, I actually woke up early last night, as per usual, and I, uh, I fell asleep in front, of the, in front of the television on the settee, which was lovely, with one foot dragging on the floor. Seriously, it was, it was a very a very bizarre thing to wake up to. The forger was Tom Keating from Dedham in Essex. He called his paintings Sexton Blake's Cockney Rhyming Slam. Sexton Blake? Fake. But they were very good. Very, very good. Uh, Dave O'Brien thrives, says Ron, on on-air arguments. So does Nick Ferrari, but they sit in different corners. They do. It's well worth listening. I think it's great to listen to. And, uh, Steve, I've got an idea. Why don't you take calls one day a month or one hour per month? Something like happy hour. I think not. I think not. It's not my sort of thing. I'm not a phone-in presenter. I'm... I'm Yes, you could call... I mean, you know, you could have... The, oh, let's do a minute or something on a chosen subject. That'd be really dull, wouldn't it? And I sort of sit here having to listen to people talking about my favourite coconut iced cake or something. I wouldn't be remotely interested in that. Or, you know, my favourite horse that won the derby or something. <laughs> uh, Richard says, My wife Susie, who's from Hong Kong, was at Wan Chai School in 64. No, Richard. Of course not. Wan Chai was on... You know, that was where the fish market was. We were at the uh, the REF school, you know, for sort of 
sort of RAF kids, I think, or something like that. I can picture it. Can't tell you what it was called. Could have been called Victoria School. Could have been. That's just flooded into my mind. I, I get these little flashes of inspiration every so often. Phone in. <laughs> Honestly, you're so funny sometimes, people. You just don't want to hear me talking to people on the telephone. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. That's what we've got all these other programmes for. They do it so much better, so much so much more clever than I am. I'm not that sort of... I'm, I'm what they call a standalone presenter. I just sit down and they say, right, you're broadcasting between this hour and this hour. Get an audience. And I go, right. But I don't consciously think about it. I think I said yesterday. You know, somebody said, oh, you know, can you sort of work out what it is that gets an audience? And, and I think, actually, Ian Dale said to me, he said, you know, and I, can't, I really can't remember what he said, but when he was doing the interview with me at the Global Awards, he was back in the studio, and he said, he said, you know why you're so popular? And I went, no, because I genuinely don't. I genuinely don't. You can't analyse anything we do on the programme. You can't, you can't worry about anything you do on the programme. You just do something that you think people are going to associate with. I just like to be the voice on the radio. You know, if there are other programmes in this building. Well, in fact, there are loads of programmes in this building. Some are double-headers, some are triple-headers. And that I would find really difficult to do, because that's an art form. I think that's a, a great art form. Or you've got people, like my friend Mr M, who does what I call a zoo format, um, where you've got one presenter, and then you've got other people who chip in, and they, and they become your, your cannon fodder. I've done that sort of broadcasting before, but I think it works so much better like this. And the audience figures prove it. The audience figures, you know, at the moment, I think we're sort of riding. I'm on the crest of a wave on a boat with a lot of people paddling. And it's good. I'm always aware of other people. Always aware of the fact there's other people who are chasing my audience figures. But uh, they don't come close. They don't come close. But that's nice because I don't mind them listening to find it. Because even I don't know what it is. If you, you know, if you sort of had this, this magic formula or you knew what it was, you could bottle it and then sell it to people to make somebody not, a, not necessarily a better presenter. I don't think I'm a better presenter than anybody else at all. I just happen to get an audience at this time of the morning because I'm doing something that's keeping me going and keeping two people next door going as well. Because otherwise, you know, I mean, I have had a producer fall asleep on me, as you're well aware, where he actually just fell asleep. He was sitting there. I think he'd had a very late day or something and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking we're coming up to the break and I looked over oh sorry I looked it was the it was it was terrible really and and it was I'm sort of I'm sort of watching it and I thought he's got his eyes closed and so I raised my voice a little bit da, 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 da. no effect whatsoever so very shortly we're going to take a break nothing happened nothing he was out for the count Literally, of course, they're wetting themselves outside. They thought this was hilarious. And I can't remember how we woke him up. I did, that's right. Somebody shouted something from downstairs. Wake up! Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really... Oh, look, I'm late. It was one of those really odd things, actually. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I don't agree with Majid very often, Steve, but I certainly wouldn't want to get into an argument with him. I wouldn't want to get into an argument with anybody. And Carl says, I had a vision of you asleep on the sofa. Sort of reminded me of Stan Ogden. Thank you. Uh, Mrs M says, uh, just turned you on, woken up for a wee. What's up with that story about the person who says, every morning at six o'clock, I go to the toilet. Unfortunately, I don't get up till eight. (laughs) And Lucy... Lucy Horribin says, "Ah, oh, what a lovely thing to say. Thank you for coming to uh, to see us. I like visiting people in this building, actually. <laughs> I'm always bumping into people everywhere. I bump into people, and people are so nice. 
So nice. Uh, I don't wake up to use the loo, but I do wake up with a very dry mouth, says Ron. You know, you can get a spray for that. You know, there is a spray for dry mouth. There is actually a, a condition called dry mouth, I think, <laughs> Steve. Uh, it's much worse having a pee in the middle of the night if you haven't actually gotten up. Oh, yeah, but do you, I don't know. I mean, when I was younger and when I was at school and I was a boarder, um, a lot of young boys, because we were very young, we would have been about uh, nine and a half, ten years old. Uh, you know, you were away from your parents, and so they used to give you the rubber sheet. And the rubber sheet used to go on the beds, which, of course, was horrible, because it didn't soak anything up. You just kind of floated on top of it. But I always knew when I was going to wet the bed. Always knew. Because you dream about going to the toilet for some strange reason. I spoke to somebody about it years later, and they said, well, that's how it works. You dream of going to the toilet. It's only when you suddenly think... Wait a minute, I am going to the toilet. And they used to, and you have to try and get out of bed, and then you'd roll the sheet up to one side of it so that you'd be sleeping on a dry bed. Oh, it was dreadful, honestly. What we had to go through, terrible. My parents lied to me. Oh, don't worry, when you go to prep school, it'd be great. You can have cocoa and an apple before you go to bed. <laughs> yeah, when was that? Never, never had that at all. Uh, Steve, was it you that mentioned the free solo climber Alex Honold? He climbs cliffs without ropes. I've talked about, Dan, these people who climb. Though, frankly, it makes me ill to even talk about it. I've seen people climbing the outside of a building that is so tall it's above the clouds, and he's doing it freestyle. I mean, what happens if you miss or something comes detached? I don't even want to think about it. It's awful. So everybody can feel a bit sick watching his video climbing El Capitan in Yosemite Park. Do you know I used to call it Yosemite? I used to call it Yosemite. And then somebody said, it's Yosemite. And I went, oh, right. El Capitan, I've seen. It's almost vertical, isn't it? And they climb with no ropes, nothing holding them up there. It's insane. I agree with you. Jan in Lincolnshire said I was poorly yesterday. Oh, you've got the same as Scottish boy. He was poorly yesterday as well. He's not 100% today. He's not his bouncy self that we're so used to seeing. I think he's, he's I think he's suddenly reaching that sort of age where you don't need to sort of bounce around to impress people. So he sort of you say to him, how are you? And he goes, I'm all right. And you think, oh, God, we're going to labour the point this morning, aren't we? You know, so we all have to so he drags us all down at the same time. You know, it's no good having two ill people on the programme. But anyway, uh, Jan spent some time watching movies. One I'd recorded was Mask of the Red Death with Vincent Price and Jane Asher. Very corny. Vincent sneering into the camera with perfectly shaped eyebrows and Jane Asher, hairstyle intact, even when she'd just got up from bed, often clutching her hands to her chest and beautiful face aghast at the goings-on. However, I loved it. What have they just brought out? Somebody, I got a thing the other day, a notification. The... Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's about a picture house. The biggest... Or the littlest picture house or something. It's got Peter Sellers in. The biggest little picture. And it's about a couple who inherit a cinema. And when they get there, it's an old flea pit. They think they've inherited the big majestic one, which I think was played by the Hammersmith Odeon. And Peter Sellers was in this thing about a cinema. And he he sort of played the smallest show on earth. Now, I've got it on DVD, but they, they just sort of sent me a thing the other day saying, oh, it's coming out on DVD. I thought, I've already got it. Unless they've sort of changed it. And it was lovely. It, it became the, the sort of the feel-good movie when we made feel-good movies. You know, we actually also make a lot of movies in this country. Jason Isaac told me that the other day. Wait a minute. Another name I've dropped. I have to tell you, if it's a person who... T- it's no good saying Scottish boy told me because that doesn't sound the same, does it? Because you wouldn't get the... Like that. You only get that for Jason Isaac. <laughs> uh, Steve, 
uh, says Kevin in Rome, as I was caught up with the unfortunate Ethiopian Airlines drama, I forgot to congratulate you on your achievement award. Yes, yeah, somebody wrote in and went, oh, it's taken you 40 years to get it. It's a 40-year award. <laughs> get some stupid people. Uh, you are a naturally funny radio presenter, says Amber. Well, there you go. There's, there's something to put on your CV, isn't it, really? There you go. You're a naturally funny person. I don't think I'm naturally funny. Oh, well, actually, I think I am naturally funny. I think I could generally get a laugh out of most things. Generally a laugh out of most things. Even things that people go, oh, that's not very funny. And you go, it probably isn't. But I've discovered that I'm obviously absorbing loads of stuff in. I listen to a lot of CDs in the car and I listen to a, a lot of DVDs in bed and I fall asleep. And I think it's gradually going into my brain so I can then regurgitate stuff later. Because sometimes I come up with something and I think, where did that come from? I don't remember knowing anything about that. And I'll say something and the producer go, yeah, you're right. You know, we'd sort of check it out on the internet. Oh, let's stick Abel. Look at that, honestly. There's a man. There's a man. He sent me a nice thing the other day, bless him, which was very sweet. Uh, Steve, uh, are audience figures ever published? I bloody well hope so. <laughs> of course they are. Of course. Be good to have a weekly top ten chart to check out, a bit like we used to have with NME in the early 60s. Um, well, they are. No, it wouldn't be like that. That wouldn't be very good. But they are. They are. I'm sorry, are we keeping you awake? Every three, three months, they are, they're, they're published. You can see them. You can see the spike. You can see everything. That's why we talk about the spike. We're not allowed to talk about it if it's not true. So we do talk about it. It's a thought of every week. In, in America, they do it every week. My friend Ian over there, every week they do their audience figures. God, blimey, that would drive me mad. It's bad enough every three months. Every three months, people always say to me, they say, oh, all right. And I go, no, no. I go to bed. I have a terrible night's sleep. They used to phone me. Thank God they don't now. But they used to phone me and say, oh, Steve, I've, I've got the audience figures. And I said, oh. Because if they, if they weren't brilliant, I couldn't get to sleep. And if they were brilliant, I couldn't get to sleep either. So I preferred it if people didn't, uh, didn't phone me and tell me about them. You just, I, I generally hear via people in the business who've got one of these, uh, these books that brings them all out in. They go, actually, looking, looking good. And you think, oh, thank goodness for that. That gives you a, that gives you a, a blessed sigh of relief. You've no idea. It really is. It's, it's like being at school and, and sort of not doing very well in class. And then they, and they pick, because you have to sit in a room with everybody you work with and they go through the figures. And I've told you before, me, they start with because I'm the beginning of the day. So they go, right, and Steve Allen, I sit there. Because sometimes I've seen them, sometimes I haven't. And you always think, oh, God, I hope they're good. If they are good, then you sort of, you sort of go, that's it, I can rest now. I can rest. But I never take it all in. I just look at the graph and I go, wow, that's, that's impressive. For four in the morning, it's always Im- impressive. Heather, the Norwich nurse, I knew she'd come back with uh, Glandesan spray. Very helpful for a dry mouth, a very distressing condition. Often experienced in rheumatoid arthritis and connective tissue disease conditions. Available over the counter and on prescription. Glandesan. I think I've had it before. I think I've had it. Because I've, I've sometimes come in, and if I drink a lot of milk, which I've now had to cut back on, I can get a very dry mouth on it. Uh, Steve, Mike in Finchley says, you advised me to get checked for diabetes last month, remember? Well, then I was fine. But after being checked again, I've now got type 2. So I'm biting the bullet and going to lose more weight. I need yours and my fellow spiders to do it, though. <laughs> yeah, right. It says, no, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're type 2, you can do it through, through diet. But I'm, I'm too far advanced for things like that. Uh, Steve, I prefer your style to some of the people who phone in. They get me so angry, says Mo. So stay 
your own self. How come when Concorde had one accident, they were banned from flying ever again? This plane's had two in months. This is this Boeing, isn't it? And uh, they are looking at it. In which case, if they find that there is a fault, which we don't know at the moment, they'll, they'll ground the entire fleet. They'll have to. Steve, I listen to LBC in the evenings and normally music in the mornings to get me going. I've since switched to LBC. Which is great to listen to. Well, there you go. We've managed to transfer you over. You can, you can award yourself a special prize today if you've actually managed to move from, uh, from a music station. People always say that. I've heard Nick Ferrari talking to people. And they said, oh, I used to listen to so-and-so. I said, oh, well, you know, what, what did you listen to before? And they'd tell him, oh, thank you. You know, more and more people moving over to LBC. Why? Because, you know, if, if you don't like the particular presenter, three, three hours, and you've got a completely different presenter doing something in a completely different way. There's something for everybody. Literally something for everybody. Best thing for a sore stomach is uh, buscopan. We use it for horses. Really? Oh, I don't think we should recommend that. <laughs> I don't fancy that idea. Steve, about 40 years ago, the DC-10 aircraft was grounded after a spate of accidents. Is the 737 MAX 8 heading that way? I don't, we won't know until they've done all their, their tests. They have to do exhaustive tests to find out. And if it's, if it's found conclusive that there is a, an inherent fault in them, well, then they'll be grounded and then they'll have to go around and make repairs. They do that with cars as well. Somebody say, I've just bought this brand new car. It's got a fault. And then they go, ah, we think there's a fault with all of them. And so they recall everything. You go in and they do a little adjustment. I mean, because cars now are full of computers. Full of computers, so you, you plug mine into a computer and it will tell you if there's a fault anywhere within the system. It's clever, isn't it? I mean, that means nothing to me. I've got no idea. Seriously, I mean, I could just about pump a bicycle tyre up. Certainly couldn't do anything with a, with a car. I could probably change a car tyre if, if, if push came to shove, but it's easy to call in one of the motoring services. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to uh, Sicky Tuesday, as we've decided to call it today, because we're not, not 100%. You know, I've obviously caught what he had next door. He's obviously passed it on. A death wish, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Steve, I've just been told I'm pre-diabetic, says Big Steve. Pre-diabetic. In other words, what, what they're saying is that if you continue going on the way that you're going, I don't know how big you are, but you're called Big Steve, so I'm assuming you might be Big Steve, that uh, then that really means that you could be heading for diabetes, uh, which can be controlled by, uh, by tablet. So he says, a matchbox size of cheese per day and no more fried breakfast before the lifeboats. No, absolutely not. The clue is in the word fried. OK, I'm not saying you have to completely ruin your life if you become diabetic. You've just got to follow the advice. Just got to follow the advice. I mean, you know, cheese, not good. You know, I had a, a friend, of mine, I've still got a friend, and uh, she liked cheese and biscuits and she ballooned because she had cheese and biscuits every night because it's delicious. And unfortunately, you can't always have the things which are delicious. So really, you should cut cheese out. I know, it, I know it's not an easy thing to do. And definitely no more fried breakfast. You know, what you should be having is, you know, maybe some just some cornflakes or something like that. But you shouldn't be having sugar. You know, just going to make it worse. Just make it worse. Uh, Steve, you should be on a retainer for Iceland mince pie, says Christine, which sold out and tomorate my go-to for everything. And that's just what I can think of at this early hour. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Steve, do you have scrambled eggs for breakfast? I have had. I'm not wild about scra- I'm not wild about eggs, full stop, which is bizarre, isn't it? You'd think, you know, I'd be sort of eating scrambled eggs. Poached eggs I've had a few times, and coddled eggs. Have you ever had coddled eggs? I don't like those. So they cook them in hot water. You pour it into hot water, and it forms a skin around it. Coddled eggs. No? 
You've never heard the expression? It probably doesn't reach Scotland or something like that. Although they must have... Co- you can get them in most, most posh hotels. Coddled eggs. Or they do eggs with, with asparagus. Uh, not asparagus, uh, avocado. You'd be too, you're too common, are you? Right. Why would you be coddled eggs? Have you had a look at a picture of coddled eggs? They, they, they look as though you sort of cut into it and then it sort of bursts. I mean, I hate it. Personally, I don't cast down anything that sort of looks wet and limp. And, uh, and so coddled eggs are out for me. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Have you seen them before? Have you ever seen them? Have you been in a hotel? Where have you been to? How come you don't know about coddled eggs? I bet your mum knows coddled eggs. She must do. That's the sort of thing she would know. But you've never had them anywhere. You just have normally scrambled or fried or something like that. Or oh, poached. Boi- oh, boiled eggs. Ooh. You like what? Jack Shuker? What's that? Jack Shuker? You're making up words now. Jack Shuker egg. I've never even heard what you're talking about. What's that? Is this some sort of strange Scottish tradition that we've never heard of, like balm cakes or something, or, or oatmeal cakes? I've never even heard of that. Never even heard of it. You're going to show me a picture, are you? Of, um, here we go. Jack Shuker. It's a dish of eggs poached in a sauce of tomatoes, chilli, peppers and onions. Commonly, sp- oh, there you go, the word commonly. Spiced with cumin, paprika, cayenne pepper and nutmeg. Although the dishes existed in Mediterranean and Middle Eastern regions. More recent egg and vegetable based form. Orig- oh, it's for vegetarians. So people like you, isn't it? Oh, that's why, that's why I've never heard of it. Shakshuka. It's just basically chuck it all in with some herbs and spices. So the only thing you're getting is eggs poached. With some peppers and onions, and then the rest of it is all just what a dull, boring dish that is. Of course, it is. You're vegetarian. You've never enjoyed the delights of a big, thick sausage or some steak or something. Well, of course, you have. I remember you have eaten all that other stuff. Shakshuka. And where would you get that? Where would I go to? Turkish restaurant to get that? Would that be sort of place? All oh, right. No. Oh. Nice one around Kensington. I can't afford Kensington. I'm not rich like you people. It's all right for you, sort of people. Uh, Anywhere on the Med? I live in Twickenham. What do you mean anywhere on the Med? What's the point of that? <laughs> oh, anywhere on the Med? Well, fine, I'll nip over there lunchtime. You are so mad, honestly. Where did we get you from? Was there a quiz or something before you came on the programme? Do you know where Steve lives? Do you know that he doesn't do the Mediterranean and things like that? And he's never heard of shakshuka or whatever it is. And you go, oh, it's on the Med. Like, you know, where we just pop over there for lunchtime. <laughs> I have to work with this, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, I don't know about your day. Mine, mine's definitely not taking off in the right, uh, the right direction. Paul says, my wife and I went to Yosemite last September as part of a month-long honeymoon in California. A month? Not a lottery winner, are you? God, we love lottery winners. Uh, in Yosemite, we stayed till nightfall to see the stars. Driving back to the hotel, we drove out past El Capitan. You can see the climbers that were camping for the night attached to the rocks. Just see their lights dangling a few thousand... Oh, seriously, I feel ill thinking about it. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to... Another one. Here we go. Ridiculous, isn't it? Bless you. Thank you. Um, Yes, people suspend themselves up on El Capitan with these... They've they've banged in a couple of nails and hung a bit of rope round it and and they swing... Well, not for me. Have you ever seen El Capitan? It's vertical. It's vertical. And people want to climb it. What for? Apparently for Scottish boy, says Jane, it has to be dippy egg with Mars bar fingers. Dippy egg. You know what dippy egg is? I don't know. Oh, dippy egg. It's like boiled egg and you dip your soldiers in. I don't like that. I used to I used to eat that. I could eat a boiled egg. Uh, Steve, what does eggs Benedict taste like? Eggs. Eggs. Yeah, 
It's not very exciting, actually. Actually, I don't think eggs are that exciting full stop. I'm not sort of a big fan of them. You know, although I can eat, I can eat hard-boiled eggs when they've gone cold in a, in a, in a salad. I, I quite like that with some salad cream. That's quite a popular... Whether it's good... I don't think the salad cream's any good for me. Uh, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, says Martin, but uh, we call those kind of eggs poached up north. <laughs> poached. Like we've never heard of poached eggs on this programme. Of course we have. Steve, about climbing freestyle, this is, this, is, um, this is going back again. We always should do it for training on 15 to 20 foot tall walls around a major road which was, uh, which was clad with rough sandstone. Very painful, says Monica, to land in those thin salt. I couldn't do it. I seriously couldn't do it. I'm, nothing. I've, I've got a fear of heights. Just really bad. Ron says, my car had the engine management light come on and the garage plugged in the computer, which told the mechanic I needed a new air mass flow indicator. I know it does. It just tells you. On my one, if I don't turn the petrol cap three times, um, it puts up check engine because it doesn't make a a perfect seal in the car. So there you go. Uh, Steve, the eggs cooked in water are called poached eggs. No, 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 no. Poached eggs. I've got a, I've got a, a pan which has got three things in it. You put a little bit of butter in the bottom, then put the egg in there. Water underneath. You don't cook the thing in the water. You're cooking it. It's over the top of it. And then you get a poached egg. Monica says uh, apparently shakshuka is a typical breakfast dish in Israel. It's really delicious. It's just, I mean, it's, it's quite yeah, all right. Make a big deal about it. There's only one person who's told you that they, they like it. I mean, it sounds quite healthy, but it's, it's sort of people using spices, whereas I'm not a big, big spice person. Uh, Sold in our local cafe, those eggs cooked in water, the poached eggs. Well, they're cooked over water. You don't actually put it in water. That's coddled. OK. And uh, John says, we finally made it to Cheltenham Festival Week. Never been so happy. What do you fancy? Well, do you know, I was a bit, I was a bit torn on that. A little bit torn because I'm not, not a big fan of horse racing. I, I wish I was. You can hear me turning over the paper, trying to find the story as quick as possible, and failing miserably. But I know you can't help on this one, can you? But apparently, it's um, parlour flying up the outside. It's it's all sorts of boring rubbish. I'm not even going to. It's a horse. It wins a race. I couldn't care less. Have you ever been horse racing? They're small. Racehorses are small. I thought they looked like big horses. They're small. They're like my little... What's the matter? All right, OK. Yeah, they're, they're like my little ponies. When you go there, you'll be really disappointed. Jockeys are about so tall. Really, they're like my little pony. and it, It's great, actually. Uh, Steve, it's carbs that we diabetics have to cut right down on. So cheese is fine. In fact, it's really good to snack on, but the crackers are out. Well, I cut it out completely. I have it very, very occasionally. If I'm having some baked beans with little tiny sausages, I might sprinkle... Might sprinkle some uh, some grated cheese over the top of it. <laughs> Not good, is it, really? Um, somebody says changing a car tyre is part of the driving test. Sadly not. I mean, if you want to go out there and change a car tyre in the middle of the motorway, you do it. But it's definitely not part of the driving test. Well, how stupid would that be? You do worry about some people. This one could vote. Somebody said, bless you for the sneezing. Uh, Talking about El Capitan, says Stuart, you absolutely have to watch the award-winning film called Free Solo. This is it. Yeah, we just talked about that. Alex Honnold. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't, I would no more be interested. I get bad enough looking at a picture in the newspapers of people who've climbed a crane in Canary Wharf and they've walked all the way to the end of it. All the way, and you think, and then they just hang off the end of it with no ropes or nothing. And I always think, just supposing you've tipped it off balance... And all of a sudden it starts, oh, 
Why would you want to do that? People who climb up the outside of buildings. You know, really tall office blocks. Oh, goodness me. Dreadful. Dan says, I can't sleep due to gout. Thank you for taking my mind off the pain. Coddled eggs are cooked in a, in a ramekin. Poached eggs are cooked directly on the water. Yeah, they're in a little... It's a frying pan, which has got an insert, which has got three or four things to put the poached egg in. Dairy-free cheese, OK for diabetics, says Linda. Listen, everything's OK for diabetics, just in moderation. Just in moderation. You don't have to sort of, uh, sort of really sort of change everything. You've just got to do it in moderation. I mean, to be honest with you, I got affected once. I went out to an Indian restaurant and uh, I had something and within five minutes I was, I was going under. I was going, it just affected me very, very quickly. So I have to cut things out. Dry food I can have. I can have chicken tikka, but not chicken tikka masala. You know, there's various other things I can have, but it, it, it has to be dry. Neil in Bushy says shakshuka is a typical Israeli breakfast available in many Jewish restaurants across London and the world. And with hot pitta is a healthy filling start. Don't keep shaking your head. It's beginning to annoy me. I sit there and say something, and of course it just reinforces what, what Scottish boys said a while ago. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Shut up. We don't care. I don't care what you eat. You're iller than I am. <laughs> it's really getting on my nerves this morning. I don't know why, actually. It's not making me feel any better. Things I'm not feeling 100% today. Right. Steve, we've just put shakshuka on the menu for brunch and supper, says Kevin the restaurant. <laughs> the world's gone mad. I'm surprised you didn't shake your head there. It's going on a restaurant menu. No, 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 like that. Dear me. Uh, Kerry Katona signs up for three days of pantomime. Turns out to be 14 days. Seats are still available. Uh, Jacko's family battle over the child sex abuse claims. Tom Parker Bowl says, hands off my spag bowl. Theresa May says she's got legally binding changes to her controversial Brexit deal. Oh, tomorrow's going to be such a day, I promise you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's amazing how the coddled egg situation has taken over. Uh, Somebody said, Steve, ask Phil Vickery how to poach an egg. Now, I know how to poach an egg. I've got an egg poacher. It's a round dish. It looks like a frying pan, deeper. You put water in the bottom, you heat it up, and then there's an insert, which has got four little little round trays in it. And you put a little bit of butter in so that you can, once it's cooked, you put the lid on, then you just sort of tip it out. And that's it. Dallas says professional chefs poach their eggs by dropping them straight into fast boiling water. Coddled eggs are cooked in metal egg cups with lids. I'm really losing the will to live on this one, I've decided, actually. And uh, poached eggs are cooked in boiling water. Coddled eggs are cooked in hot but not boiling water, says uh, Gordon Bleu. Thank you. Coddled is similar to poached. The difference between a coddled egg and a poached egg is that the poached egg is made by cooking the egg directly in the cooking liquid. No, it's not. No, it's absolutely not. I've got a poached egg thing. You're thinking of coddled eggs where you put them straight into the water. You didn't... I can't see why people can't get it right. I don't know. Eggs Benedict done well is a delicious dish, says Julia. Right, shut it with the eggs. Shut it with the eggs. I've had enough of eggs now. <laughs> and then Steve, up north, says you poach your eggs in little moulds. Ah, oh, sweet. Nay, lad, straight into pan at boiling water with loads of vinegar in. No, that's coddled eggs. Oh, blimey, honestly. I tell you, where's Mary Berry when you need her at this time of the morning? Not around, I don't think. Not around. But, uh, yeah, they will tell you it's poached eggs. You're doing the little thing. That's why they look poached. That's why they're round with the bit in... Oh, Lord. I used to be OK with heights, says Lynn, until I had my children. But watching them rush up the steps of a slide, I my heart in my mouth. I don't... Yeah, I don't... Anything like that. Anything that involves... St- I remember standing on a chair once in Twickenham High Street in a, in a, a place there where they do a lot of the... Um, 
um, Tai Chi or whatever it is. They do all that kind of judo and everything else. And it's it's in an old theatre. Uh, but you can only see it because the proscenium arch is above the false ceilings. They said, stand on a chair. So I stood on a chair, but I was facing the wrong way. They went, turn around. I went, oh, move. I can't. So I had to hold the, the, the phone to take the picture. But a ridiculous picture. Uh, Steve, feeling a little poorly today? Well, if Scottish boy will touch the top of your cup, then what can you expect? And did you win Scotty boy in a brand tub raffle, albeit a wooden spoon? Oops. Uh, albeit in a, in a, with a wooden spoon? No. But uh, also, did you win the award for 40 years of uplifting, positive and purposeful LBC broadcasting? I don't know. It was just 40 years. They've never, they've never given it before. They've never given it before. 40, here we go. Phil Vickery's with us. So the question is, Phil, coddled eggs, OK, that's just putting them into, into hot water, isn't it? Poached eggs, there's a poacher. You put them... Because it's caused a lot of trouble. lot of trouble today. So that's what we need to know. Because he'll know these things. He will know these things. And even as I speak, he is typing a message back to tell me the difference between coddled or poached. I've got a poached egg thing which is different from fried, where you put oil in a pan. OK. Apparently, coddled versus poached is the new leave versus remain. Forget Brexit. It's all about exit. Very good. Very clever. Very clever. Very clever. Very witty. Very witty. Too witty for this programme. So it's it's exit. That's what we're, we're dealing with this morning. So we, we need to know. So poached eggs in my little thing. Sometimes I take it out and just use the frying pan, but it's got the metal insert with four little things and water in the in the bottom of the frying pan. That's why it's fairly deep. And, and they cook like that. He says, there we go. I've been listening for ages. Right. Poached in water, yours are coddled. Poached in. What? So in the frying pan, which is a poached egg thing you put the water in the bottom and then it's got little like little trays that you take out and that's oh that's a poached egg isn't it how do you do a poached egg then how does it go looking like that unless it's in a little sort of dish that you take out how does that work he's typing again he's typing again I have a feeling I might lose this one but I'm not going to let you know if I lose it because I'm I'm not that sort of poach poaching is in water yeah but but what's what's coddled then What's coddled? Is that in water? <laughs> Poor Phil, honestly. If he wasn't on medication by the time we start this thing, he will be by the time we've finished. So poaching is in water. But it's not actually in the water, is it? It's in a little tray. Four little trays I've got in this frying pan. Can you get me a photograph up online of this thing that you poach eggs in it? Because that's the only way we're going to solve this uh, this major dilemma this morning. You're either a, a coddler or a poacher, I think. So I'm sure on Amazon we can find a poached egg maker. I'm pretty certain. I'm, pr- I'm pretty certain. He says you're steaming yours. <laughs> Going to come round and hit you in a minute. <laughs> Look, wait, no, 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 no. The, these no. There's a frying. But there you go. That thing there. Down that. There you go. That's it. An egg poacher. Here it is. It's just been voted the best. It's got four little trays in it. And you put water in the bottom of it. They've got an electric one and everything else. And then you put the lid on and it's an egg poaching pan. That's what it's called. And that's for poaching eggs. But if you don't have this and it just goes into hot water, that's coddled, isn't it? <laughs> Can you ever believe that you turn on the radio and there's somebody who's saying, Mum, yeah, he's talking about coddled eggs. 
For how long? About 20 minutes so far. About 20 minutes. Coddled eggs. Steve, Easter eggs. Yum, yum, says Winnie, who's completely got the wrong end of the thing. What came first, says Scott, the chicken or the egg? I don't care. I don't care. Cracking show this morning. So, oh, here we go. We've got them all out there today, haven't we? I woke this morning really excited about listening to you this morning. I love the comedy and yokes you make. Well, I'll tell you, I've got them all. I've got people in homes listening. Just arrived in Mumbai, says Spiker Anna, and I'm listening to you. I missed the first two hours, but I can get a letter in Hindi for you. How lovely. How lovely. Well, that'd be nice. Why do mountaineers tie themselves together on El Capitan to stop the sensible ones going home? Yeah, you're not going... I mean, I love the idea that if one falls off, you're all going. I can't... I'm serious, I can't think of anything else. Steve, Google egg coddler and you'll see images of little china pot that you coddle eggs in. I don't care. I don't care. I'm, that's right, I'm banning eggs from this, uh, this programme. Poached eggs go straight into hot water. Call Mary Berry. I don't need to. I don't need to. I've got Phil, Phil Vickery helping me on this one. He says, I have the very contraption you're talking about, but it's not poaching. What do you mean it's not poaching? He said, well, what are, why are they called poached eggs maker then? It must be. He says, poaching is directly into water with a touch of vinegar or lemon juice to set up the protein. What? What? Oh, I don't care. I'm never going to have eggs ever again. I've now gone completely on strike over eggs. I've got an egg coddler, says John. I bet you have. It's a small crock pot with a screw-on lid. To cook it, it's immersed in hot water. Go away! Go away! I'm beginning to feel picked on. Martin says poached eggs are 100% cooked straight in water. You sound the water round in a circle before you put the egg in and that makes the white wrap around the yolk to make a poached egg. Shut up! I've got a poached egg maker. Little bit of butter. My mother used to make poached eggs. That's what she taught me. She knew. Yours are coddled, despite what it's called on Amazon. What do you want? You're now challenging Amazon. God, there's no end to it. There'll be death threats being issued, I can tell by the end of this programme. <laughs> Chris says, have I tuned into BBC Radio Leicester Square this morning? Exit. Thank you, Poppet. Is she hoovering out there? Oh, right. I wonder what it was, actually. It sounded like sort of some air conditioning unit. Oh, it's cleaning time. Sorry. Perhaps she can make coddled eggs at the same time. Might have to ask, actually. Uh, Steve, Phil Vickery's right. I'm not arguing any more about it, OK? I know what poached eggs look like because I've had them before. They have to be made in that round thing, otherwise it just goes all over the place. Steve, says Trish, I suffer from anabelphobia, which is the fear of looking up. I've got no fear whatsoever of heights, but as soon as I look at the sky or the ceiling... In a theatre, my tummy goes over and I have to hold on to something. Good heavens above. So I can't walk hills or go to the O2. Even looking at the sky out the window is a bit crazy. Wow. Kristen Hitchin says people can't say Brexit. They say Brexit. Very annoying, even by the Brexit minister saying Brexit. Who cares? Better things in life to worry about. And somebody says you are... You are exactly right, Steve. And then somebody says, I've dozed off and I seem to have woken up to a cookery hour, says Karen. Will this be a new regular feature? Might as well be, mightn't it? Might as well. Excellent. Can't stop laughing, Steve, says Angela. Thank you. Thank you. It's talking like that that gets us an audience at this time. Phil, Phil Vickery's gone to Costa. But they don't do coddled eggs, do they? And what are those ones that they do where they do um, asparagus? Is it No, avocado. Avocado and... Is that coddled eggs? 
Wikipedia says coddled eggs are eggs that are gently or lightly cooked in water just before the boiling. That's what I know. I know that. Poached eggs are a type of coddled egg cooked. Shut up. They're cooked in these frying pans. Ridiculous. Honestly, I've never heard anything like it in my entire life. Steve, just have a chocolate egg instead. Mine go into a little plastic contraption that goes in the microwave. And then Steve says, come on, Steve, an earth is an earth. Yeah. Well, I think I was right. I don't care what anybody says. You know, we have to stir the water around, grow up, get over yourselves. I don't care. Somebody says, ask Jamie Oliver. Well, we, we asked Phil, Phil Vickery this morning. I probably could have asked Jamie, but he's probably in the, in the gym. Ask Siri. Oh, no, I couldn't even go there. <laughs> could, be, could be from... Uh, we, we might never. Oh, look at that. That's nice, isn't it? Is that a 50p piece with a hole in the middle of it? It's not a coddled egg, is it? Perhaps we could move on to 50p pieces with holes in. It's nice, isn't it? Don't you like that? Treasure for life. It's a Stephen Hawking thing. Isn't that lovely? I quite fancy one of those. Buy me one of those. I'll have one of those for my birthday. Uh, Shalom from Jerusalem, says Moshe. Uh, Shak Shuka was invented by Israeli soldiers using limited rations, eggs and tin tomato paste and anything else in a pan. Afterwards, it spread to Sibi Street as a tasty Israeli dish. As we say, bite avon. Bite avon, which is bon appetit. Thank you. I probably pronounced that. Moshe, I'm so sorry. I probably pronounced that really badly. But, uh, you, know, you know, at this time of the morning, I lose the will to live sometimes, especially when it comes to coddled eggs. Uh, James says, my favourite eggs are creme eggs. So he's written creme eggs, not cream eggs. But it doesn't have the little accent thing over it, does it? But let's not go down that route. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. My mum, says Martin, has a round silver colour pan that had little white plastic trays that she does poached eggs in. Egg coddlers are little china jars with a screw lid you put into a pan of boiling water. Small wonder I'm ageing. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. Uh, Scott is back with us. Oh, sorry. Phil, Phil Vickery, just before we go to Scott. Phil Vickery says, I think the contraption you and I have is a marketing thing, but it's not poaching, it's steaming over simmering water. He says, I'm getting my coat. Yes, I, I would. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely get, get your coat. Go to Costa. Uh, Scott. Look, picture of Scott he sent me. And he did the Vitality Big Half in two hours, 41 minutes and three seconds. So well done him. Well done him. And he's got the big marathon to do. End of April. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be plugging. We played a little clip, Scott, uh, on the Sunday of you doing it. So there you go. Little Julie says, can I say I don't like egg in any form? Maria Norfolk says poaching pans were made for convenience because it's quite tricky to poach in water. But you definitely poach directly in water. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Coddled eggs are cooked in a ramekin. Proper poached eggs are definitely straight into the pan of boiling water. Stop it. Stop it. I'm doing the cheap version. Stephen Hamburg says put your water in a saucepan and when it's boiling, stir the water quickly, anti-clockwise, crack open the egg and drop it. It'll stay together and cook beautifully. I've gone off eggs. I wonder if Dave O'Brien's Magical Hour, Steve, can sort out this egg business. Yes, and poor Angela. She says, did you see that car in the papers yesterday? The car crushed in the wind from Richmond. It was mine. It was my little green Honda outside my house, crushed by a lovely willow tree that is no more. Oh, can you claim on the insurance? Is it, I mean, is, is it an act of God? I'm not sure. It could be an act of God that the tree falls down. Or, in fact, you know, that you parked underneath it. I don't know. Jeff in Manchester says, Poaching eggs is when the gamekeeper doesn't know you've taken them. 
Uh, and Lucy says, I'm with you, Steve. Lord for that. I've had 58 years of calling those perfectly formed eggs in the little cooking pan with the double dips poached eggs. Not changing now, especially not for the anemic-looking, floaty, ghostly eggs in boiling water. Yuck, yuck, yuck. They look horrid, don't they? And you cut into it and it goes, all that yucky yolk and all the rest of it. I think dead bird. You know, that kind of really turns me off. I don't like things like that. But I did like, when I was younger, eggy soldiers. Stop it. We had eggy soldiers when we were little. It was the only way I could really eat eggs. I wasn't... And now I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't eat them at all. In fact, I definitely won't be eating them at all after this programme. Definitely not. Um, 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 now, where's this one here? I, I found something in the paper the other day. No, today, actually. Uh, of sort of what's in and what's out. You know, things like envelopes are out, but in popcorn. Popcorn is in. Oh, here we go again. Popcorn is in. I don't know why. <laughs> Phil Vickery. Come back again, honestly. There's no end to this, isn't there? It just it really goes quite well. He says, the success of poaching eggs depends on the freshness of the egg. The fresher, the better. The albumin will set quickly. He said, I'm really getting my coat now. Go and get your coat. Close the door. Don't turn around because you're not welcome anymore. You have... Sorry. <laughs> Making up my own jokes here. All the programme. So smart speakers, popcorn and baking tins are being used to measure the cost of living for the first time. Do you have any of those things? Do you have baking tins? I have baking tins. I was hoping I could get um, Elton's tour dog tag. It's a gold Cartier dog tag that Elton John once wore on tour, set for auction 40 years later. Being sold by an auction company in Merseyside, expected to fetch three grand. The sale today also includes these stars' light-up spectacles, valued at £1,000. It'd be a nice thing to have, wouldn't it? Probably you'd have to sort of make sure that you had the right sort of face to fit these sort of things. Uh, a policewoman. Her name is uh, Fatu Mendi Sambu, 28. Uh, milked a widower for more than £34,000 plus lavish gifts. Um, this Fatu Mendi Sambu met the 87-year-old whilst working as a carer for his wife in 2014. When his wife died the next year, she visited and went out for meals with him. The pensioner, identified only as Mr JB, gave her weekly £50 payments and gifts, including jewellery, a £9,000 BMW, 2500 for a master's degree, and a £2,000 trip to Paris and a deposit for a house. She became a probationary constable for Gwent Police, but quit in August as their relationship came to light. Gwent Police said in the case she accepted money and gifts amounting to many thousands of pounds and engaged in an inappropriate relationship. Had she continued to be a police officer, she would have been dismissed. She'd basically thieved. She was basically taking advantage. So she admitted gross misconduct and was banned from police work. So that's uh, Fatu Mendi Sambu. You just have to sort of check her out. You don't want to employ her, do you, really? Because you can't really trust her. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, my goodness me. David Beckham, he was so thrilled. It's a naked picture of Helena Christensen. You know, the one who doesn't look anything like Victoria Beckham. And uh, she was doing a risque photo shoot surrounded by cardboard boxes. Seems a bit odd, doesn't it? Uh, also, 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 uh, Professor Hawking stars on the Black Hole 50p coin, which is lovely, inspired by his work on black holes. He died last year. Last year, do you know, who was it who died years ago? I said, oh, Amy Winehouse. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Doesn't the time go fast? Here's little Ryland. Can't really get arrested at the moment, can he? Still looking around for desperately somewhere to take on Big Brother. Nobody's interested. Doesn't get an audience. It's of no interest. It's, you know, he, he, he can't put it on anywhere. He doesn't own the rights to it. It's not his, uh, not his programme to sell. And as nobody else wants the blooming thing, the sooner we sort of drop stuff like that, the better. Uh, Daily Star today. Daily Star today. 
Oscar winner Olivia Colman has to be reminded the Queen does not have a Cockney accent whilst filming The Crown. And the door that inspired Larry Grayson's Shut Up Door is going to be preserved. He came up with a line whilst working at a seafront theatre in Cleveland. The act was interrupted when a door kept flying open. Now the offending item has been found by builders at the old Regent Theatre. Oh, a real piece of entertainment history. It is. It is. I think so. I think so. Uh, so here we go. This is Corrie, favourite dead. Who actually did it? So who's actually gone? And who was the person who did it? It'd be one of the blokes, won't it? The football thug jailed yesterday after admitting storming the pitch. This is uh, Birmingham City fan. Not any more, love. Paul Mitchell, 27, but thick as a brick. He's barred for 10 years. And how do they make sure he's barred? Because every game they play, he will have to report to the local police station at kickoff time. If he doesn't, he'll be arrested and thrown back in jail again. He's a bit of pond life. Well, they managed to run onto the pitch. I can't tell you what he said because he said I hit him as a joke. Good. Well, it's a joke. You've gone to prison, isn't it? I'm sure you'll have a lovely time in there. Meet lots of nice people. Food fibs. Food fibs. I love a food fib. For example, um, a favourite in the UK's Indian restaurants, chicken tikka masala. And we all go, oh, that's what everybody else... No, they don't. No. It was invented here, not on the subcontinent, by South Asian chefs to make spicy food from the region more palatable. It's claimed the first chicken tikka masala was served in Glasgow in 1971. Fizzy fact, Dom Perignon, who was a French monk, is credited with inventing champagne in 1697, but Pierre-Emmanuel Tattinger said recently that the fizz was invented in Britain by accident when still wines were left in cold conditions on London docks. Wow. And sauerkraut. Oh, my brother had a dreadful experience with sauerkraut. Dreadful. But uh, the fermented raw cabbage dish, known as sauerkraut, found on virtually every German menu. But the dish started life in China, where workers building the Great Wall used rice wine to preserve their vegetables. The idea later spread to Europe via the Tartars. Baguettes are often dubbed French sticks, you know, so I'll have a French stick. But um, it's uh, yet uh, an Austrian artillery officer, Auguste Zhang, who went to Paris in the 1830s to run a bakery, is credited with inventing the baguette that we know today. The croissant also started off in Austria as a similarly shaped roll called a kipferi. Kipferi. Uh, you may have also had a fortune cookie at a Chinese restaurant, but they aren't a tradition in China. Although three billion are served every year, researchers believe they were actually invented by Japanese immigrants to America. All these things that you think. And also, you'd think there's nothing more English than beef wellington. Meat wrapped in pastry in tribute to the Duke of Wellington who beat Napoleon. In fact, the dish was probably originally French. Filet de bœuf en croute. But I know, you see, a few little myths. And batter believe it. Eating fish and chips is a proud British tradition. Yet it was Jewish immigrants from Europe that brought the idea to Britain in the 1800s. Joseph Malin is said to have opened the first fish and chip shop in Bow in 1860. I love it. I could eat fish and chips now, actually. If I could eat anything now. Except an egg. I've decided I don't want, to, don't want any of your eggs. No more egg talk. I shall ban you immediately. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 25 to 7 at 7 this morning. It's breakfast with Nick Ferrari here on LBC. Theresa May has said she has secured legally binding changes to her Brexit deal after MPs roundly rejected it in January. Has she done enough to convince MPs and you that it should be back now? The Tory former Brexit secretary, David Davis, and Labour's Sakir Starmer will be among those giving Nick their thoughts. 
You'll also find out why NHS England is planning to scrap the four-hour waiting time target for A&E units. Good Lord, four hours. Uh, Plus, can it ever be right for tasers and spit hoods to be used against children suspected of committing crimes? We don't want anybody spitting in your face, do you? Don't think so. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 on LBC. Uh, Steve, when my car was crushed by a council tree, they said it was an act of God and the tree was fine. They removed the whole of the tree the same day, says Mo. Somebody says, Steve, maybe they should bring Big Brother back with naked people surrounded by boxes. We've already got it, haven't we? We've got naked attraction. A more peculiar... Honestly, why you'd want to go on television? You know, if you're not sort of big in the downstairs department, for goodness sake, don't embarrass yourself. It's dreadful. People sit there going... I'm sure people look at it just like that. I'm learning to say thank you in different languages. Though working in my charity shop, the customers love it when you say thank you in their language. So far, I'm up to ten. Polish, Romanian, Slovakian. I'm learning Hungarian from the cleaner. And I help her to improve her English. I can say thank you, you're welcome, and see you soon. Must get a bit tedious on a daily basis, mustn't it? Actually, yesterday, the bloke, I had a, a, a full basket in M&S. And the bloke behind the till he said, oh, do you need a bag? I said, well, I'm going to put it in my pockets. And, and then he shortchanged me. It should have been a pound, and he gave me two 5p pieces. And I thought, wait a minute, sonny boy. So I then I look at it, and I get they will say, do you need the receipt? And I've noticed in there, sometimes you get the free voucher, which gives you a discount. They, they keep those. Sometimes they don't always give them to you. I had to ask for it. I said, that come with the free voucher. Thank you. Try and get something back. It's only a fiver, isn't it? It's not very much. But um, and he, 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 I said, wait a minute. You give me two 5p pieces. It's supposed to be a pound. Oh, sorry. I thought, yeah, I bet you are. Fish and chips prospered in this country with the advent of the railways, enabling fresh fish to be distributed throughout the nation within a few days of being sold in the streets. Oh, you can get fish. We've got a fish shop, as you know, in, in Twickenham, Sandy's. And they, they go to market every day to get fresh fish. In fact, it's proof of how, how good it is is that the local fish and chip shop buys its fresh fish from him and then batters it. That's how, that's how good it is. Scott says, I'm a police officer and I've been assaulted a lot with none of them going to prison and no compensation. You know, assault a multi-million pound footballer, he gets a prison sentence in less than a week and pays compensation. I'd, listen, I don't understand. Who, he did admit the assault. That's why. But you're right, I wouldn't want to be a police officer. And people spit at you. I mean, in theory, you'd want to turn around and lay them out, wouldn't you? Somebody starts spitting at you. So the spit hoods are great. I mean, that's what people do nowadays. I've seen people do it at bus stops. Disgusting. Tanker driver Phil says, I'm still in bed at the end of a long weekend. All the food talk has made me nearly get up and find something to eat. The origins of food was interesting. Have you asked Aberdeen Boy about Aberdeen Butteries? They've invented this bread roll up there, but it's like a cross between a croissant and a bap. Oh, he's heard of that. He doesn't look very excited by it. Is it just, is it just a bap? Oh, you don't feel like... No, I don't think he was offering you one at the... Oh, God, we're going back onto this one again. He wasn't offering you one at the moment. He was just saying, you know, have you sort of... Have you have you heard of it? Yeah. He has heard of food. You don't have to worry about him, Phil. He is eating. It's just... It was kind of made with lots of salt. So that... Oh, right. So they took them out on the boats. Oh, God, we've now got the blooming history lesson on the on a bun that they bought up in uh, in Aberdeen. So it's Aberdeen Butteries. Is that what they're called? They're called butteries. Right. Very original, aren't you, up there? You know, if we put butter with it, let's call it a buttery. <laughs> they put peanut butter with it, it would have been a peanut buttery, I suppose. But uh, so a cross between a croissant about... He, I, he got me a croissant the other day, actually. Yesterday, he, he went and got me a croissant because I had my interviews to do. And uh, they, they've got quite big croissants downstairs. They're quite nice, actually, aren't they? I don't think they're very healthy. <laughs> I don't think they're healthy at all. I was channeling, says Ellie, my inner Steve Allen yesterday when being interviewed by my friend... 
uh, called Alice on her amateur radio show in her studio. When do I get my LBC slot? <laughs> it's always the way, isn't it? Actually, it's so funny. But I, I don't get, I used to years and years ago, but I don't get people saying, how do I get into radio? I don't get that anymore now. I'm not sure whether or not people think it's a career or whether you sort of think, I don't know, do I want to be on the radio? Is there something interesting? There is something about it. I think it's either a calling or it's not. You know, sometimes you'll hear people on the radio and they make it sound terribly easy and simple. And you think, oh, I can do that. I've had people say that to me over the years. They've said, oh, I could, anybody can do your job. You just sit there and talk and you go, yeah, well, you're not doing it. And that's what, because people can't do it. They suddenly realise, excuse me, after a while, that there must be some sort of art to it, I'd have thought. Uh, the Daily Mail, how you can look younger. I hate headlines like that because we all fall for it, don't we? Uh, also, just one big happy family. Kate and Megan scotch rift rumours. Megan looking, you know, I mean, really, she needs to get some better outfits. This is a Victoria Beckham one, and it's not, not flattering or interesting. The hat is completely wrong. Completely wrong. Uh, the life of Stephen Hawking. I want one of these 50p's. You can buy it from the Royal Mint's website. How much it is, I don't know. I bet it's more than 50p. It'll be a lot more than 50p. Uh, plus, spared jail. A woman nursery manager... She's been exposed as a paedophile. She revelled in sex abuse of youngsters and she's, uh, she's walked free. For some reason, she's not wearing any shoes either. It's a very odd picture. But uh, they're very saddened, I think. You know, but there's, there is a picture of her here. Alison Waitley was reported responsible for hundreds of children but boasted about her attraction to babies, even telling one undercover investigator that they were sexy. I mean, seriously, perhaps you get some sick people. Perhaps you get some sick people out there. And she would appear to be uh, one of them, but spared jail. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Javid blamed the jihadists for the death of Shamima's son. Well, she's lost three. She's lost three children now. There must be something the matter somewhere, mustn't there? I would have thought so. Uh, also, all these what's in, what's out. Uh, what's not in. Envelopes, crockery sets, laundry powder. Brake fitting in fast-fit auto centres and a three-piece non-leather suite. That's what's not in at the moment. Or complete dry dog food. Uh, my friend's dog, you know, that we have put to S-L-E-E-P. He only, because of his dietary requirements, only ate dry food. I couldn't get excited about dry food all the time. There's got to be something. Uh, Steve, Danke or Danke schön. Thank you in German. Yeah, it depends, Dorothy, doesn't it? Uh, and also, I'm a big fan of croissants stuffed with ham and cheese. If Scottish boy is free, says Donny, around 11.30, I'll take him for one in Paddington. He can't eat anything at the moment. He can't, he's not, uh, not able to eat. Which is, uh, which is a shame. Of course, going to save me a fortune tomorrow. We've got, oh, we got the bit on the Stephen Hawking coin. Oh, right. So it's available to buy for the... <sighs> right. So an, un, an uncirculated 50 pence is 10 quid. If you want it gold, it's 795 pounds. I think I'll leave it. I think I'll leave it. It's like Churchill Crowns and the website's down. It's everybody rushing to their website to get it. I bought stuff from their website before, actually. I bought some Paddington Bear 50 pence pieces. I think they were about 60 quid. But it was for my brother, so and I know him and his, uh, his girlfriend, Marion, they love, they love Paddington. They absolutely love it. Uh, Edward is uh, listening today. He's six, says Rose. He's going to be the England goalkeeper. He's six, so good morning, Edward. For the first time, six years old. Uh, and then somebody writes, oh, how do I get into radio? Well, you don't. You don't. There are, there, are, there are little hints there. Little hints. Steve, the hovercrafts are cancelled due to the weather and I'm off to the Cheltenham Festival. Not a good start to the day, says Ian, who's stuck on the Isle of Wight. 
That's a problem, isn't it? The Shelton Festival start today. Right. I've never understood it. I've never quite got into it, actually. But uh, it's great. Uh, the real cost of spending a penny at night, your health. I could sometimes get up twice, I think, to go. And um, the the great escape. A man avoided being crushed by a collapsing roof in Stoke Newington. Literally, just as he walked past, the entire roof collapses and he missed it. Amazing. MI5's regret over burying claims that a Thatcher aide was a child abuser. This is uh, Sir Peter Morrison, uh, one of Margaret Thatcher's closest aides. They decided not to pursue claims that he had a penchant for small boys. Uh, he was uh, MP between 1974 and 92, a prominent supporter of the Tory leader, and served as her personal private secretary. He died in 1995, aged 51. That was very young, wasn't it? 51. But anyway, MI5 told the inquiry that any claims about a serving politician potentially abusing children would now immediately be passed to the police. Interesting, is it? Because they've named other people as well who they also got allegations of sexual abuse against. Uh, now Uber drivers sent to check water. We encountered an Uber driver this morning, actually. They just stop in the middle of the road. They don't know where they're going. Not a clue. They have no idea about pulling into the side of the road, really. Steve, on the strength of the Abedonians putting butter in a roll and calling it a buttery, they could put a bat in a roll and call it electricity. that work? Bat. Oh, bat. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they'll be doing that any time soon, Phil. It's, always, it's, always, it's, it's not the best joke we've had this morning. I mean, we've had, we've had better. Not always, but sometimes we get... Sometimes it was Scottish boy comes up with a little funny quip or a line, but those we always suppress. So much easier. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every. There are already, says Michael, Stephen Hawking silver coins on eBay well in excess of £100. I mean, the trouble is, I suppose people are buying them thinking they'll be an investment. The only one that would be an investment would be the gold one, I would have thought. And that's nearly £800. But then I remember years ago, we bought Churchill crowns. I've still got a decimal coin set. Well, you can buy those for peanuts. Seriously, I mean, it's, it's, it's hardly worth it. And we had all these Churchill crowns. And I remember thinking, they're actually quite nice. And also bags of old money. I bought those years ago, thinking people would be really impressed. They weren't. They weren't impressed at all. Happy birthday today to David Mello. He's 70 today. Uh, and also born on this day, Najinsky. Uh, Vashlav, who was born in 1889, the Russian ballet virtuosa, and Googie Withers, the British actress, born in Karachi and what is now Pakistan. So uh, she died in 2011. Also in 1969, on this day, Paul McCartney got married to Linda Eastman at Marylebone Registry Office. And the couple who arrived with a baby 15 weeks early and left them stuck in Singapore, a £140,000 bill. I mean... <laughs> This is what we said at the beginning of the programme today. The, the big thing is that um, if you're going abroad on holiday, for goodness sake, take out holiday insurance. It could be the best 30, 60, 100, whatever it is, you have to take out holiday insurance. If somebody falls ill in your party, you might absolutely go broke over it. Uh, also, the good news, the bogus holiday illness claims fall after the law is tightened up. Sickness claims by holidaymakers rose from 5,000 in 2013 to 35,000 three years later. 90% of them bogus. You remember there was that couple, Martin and Lindsay Brown of Chorley, who tried to claim 20,000 quid after saying their holiday was ruined by illness. They were found guilty of fraud uh, after, instead of being bedridden, Mr Brown had been going to the pool and drinking until daft o'clock. We, we made them suffer, actually, Martin and Lindsay Brown, pair of old crooks, honestly. So at least it's, uh, it's fallen now, 19%. 
90%. Not good enough, though, because there's lots of fake people making stuff up. Also, the ex-soldier. This is Lee Darker, uh, who survived being stung eight times after starting his new job. But then he suffered an, anaphy- uh, an anaphylactic shock and was pronounced dead after being found unconscious in the passenger seat of his van. I mean, being bit by a, bitten by a wasp. I'm always terrified of wasps. I'm sure I go exactly the same way. Uh, front page of the Express today. Now get behind this deal and let's unite Britain, they say. Not sure how this... Tomorrow's going to be a day and a half, isn't it? My goodness me. My goodness me. Tomorrow I wouldn't even like to take bets on that one at all. Times this morning. Boeing ordered to f- fix 730, 737 jets after the Ethiopian air crash. They're going to make a design change. Also, the Great British Walk. That's the peak of perfection. This is, you know, your favourite walks in the country. Cheltenham Festival 2019 is the headline for the Daily Telegraph this morning. Uh, NHS to scrap targets for surgery in A&E. I don't know why they should have to scrap targets. I don't know why they had them in the first place. So they say now you need to be seen within four hours and those needing surgery to have it within 18 weeks. They're going to scrap that. I've never heard of people spending that much time in A&E, but from what you've, you've told me over the years, apparently people do spend a lot of... Some people quite enjoy it. Some people quite enjoy things like that. Theresa May, pictured on the front of a lot of the papers today. This is arriving at Westminster Abbey in one of the most ghastly outfits I've ever seen. God, no. I mean, I thought she was supposed to be all trendy. This really is terrible for this Commonwealth Day service. I don't know why we have it. It's an opportunity for the royal family to do something. Uh, also, how we met, the romance that began with a broken shoe. Because you, you look back, don't you? And you always go, where did you meet so-and-so? Where did you meet? And they go, oh, I met in a bar, I met online. Uh, nowadays, probably, you know, on the internet. Which actually celebrates 30 years. 30 years today. It's amazing, isn't it? In 30 years, what we've achieved and how much we've come to rely on the internet. People play with it on their phones. You know, you're, what you're doing is you're accessing, uh, accessing all this information. And in 30 years, when I started in radio, 40 years ago, we didn't have computers we didn't have um, mobile phones. In fact, it was during my lifetime that cordless phones came in and became quite fashionable, but you had to charge the thing up all the time at home. If you left it off there, it sort of ran out of charge. You had to pull the aerial up. And then all, a range of mobile phones, and then that all took off after some field telephones. And then the internet. And now we rely on it every single day. Every single day. There's, I don't think there's a day that goes by where I'm not on the internet looking at uh, something on YouTube or Googling something or trying to find out, you know, about a particular person. That's what it's there for. Years ago, you had to go to a reference library and get the information out. Now, if I've got a guest coming in, like yesterday, you go to the internet, the, the producer will get all the uh, material off, and then I, I will read that. And then I might go and find a few little bits and pieces by myself. But that's how useful it is to people, you know, in this business and, and all over the world. You can contact people, send people emails, and you can, I mean, you can just do everything. You can just do everything. I can find out about myself on the internet. It's amazing. I'm actually on the internet. Mind you, everybody's on the internet. You can find people. Uh, the I Today, Cheltenham 2019, and they're off. The guide and tips for this week's festival. I can't remember, is it another Chav event? Is it very Chavy, Cheltenham? I think they're, they're bringing in... Aren't they bring, oh, they've, I'll tell you what they're bringing in at Cheltenham. They're bringing in sniffer dogs. A little bit of the old Colombian turning up there. And these dogs find everything. So if the dog sits in front of you and you're there going, there's no sploffs. Nothing like that. I mean, it's funny. I should imagine they can probably sort of find um, vodka bottles if they really push for it. But it's drug dogs in particular to all the entrances. So if you're thinking of going to Cheltenham today and you've got a little bit of whiz-bang, here we go. 
you'll be whiz-banging into prison fairly quickly. OK, just thought I'd warn you, just in case. There will be those, those people, you know, who are willing to risk it, thinking, ah, oh, the dog won't find me. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. Uh, Daily Mirror, free, 32-page full-out, pull-out on Cheltenham. Good God, I don't think you can make anything last that long. And a pound-free shop bet with Ladbrokes. I'm not going to go very far, is it? A pound? Not very excited about a pound. Plus, ground them. Pilots called to stop the crash jet flights. Holiday bosses insist the British fleet is safe. I hope. Uh, J-Lo's cheat fiancé. Front page of The Sun. And more on uh, on Cheltenham. I mean, I, c- I couldn't care less. I hope it doesn't dominate my television. And Theresa May breathing new life into her Brexit deal last night with a dramatic backstop breakthrough. Uh, the Daily Mail. Picture of sealed with a kiss. May on the brink of Brexit deal breakthrough, but will it be enough for the crunch vote tonight? As I say, tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a very interesting day on LBC. I think I can almost predict what will be happening. Uh, Front of the Daily Star, Knickers Downed. This is the uh, factory in Coronation Street. Gypsy King's death wish. Cancer agony left hard man Paddy suicidal. This is a bloke who hung around with the speaker's wife, Burko's wife, Sally the Burke. And uh, apparently he contemplated suicide after spending months in pain. He's one of those bare-knuckle fighters and does everything else and thinks he's the king of some... I don't know. Who knows? Listen, just about it for this morning. Uh, it's going to be a bit windy out there today. It's going to be a little bit a little bit blowy, and it's going to be a little bit... Oh, my goodness, maybe back to the bad weather again. But before I go, just time to let you know what's coming up on the free podcast for... Uh, free pod- podcast for the day. On the little bit extra, I'll tell you about Kerry Coke-Toner's new low... Uh, that's over on the celebrity dating thing. She's been asking the men how big their bits are downstairs. Disgusting. Honestly, really, what an embarrassment. That's what alcohol does to you. You also hear about Gemma the Fridge's plans to go big. Well, bigger. She's going to become a singing sensation in America, apparently. Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori. Plus, I'll let you know more about that naff overpriced Victoria Beckham dress, which Megan turned up for the Commonwealth Day service. Davy Boy would be just pleased she's finally getting some in at long last. She needs a bit of cash, doesn't she? Want to lose any more money? My little bit extra is going to be available very shortly on the LBC app and on the Global Player app too. So as well as listening live to LBC, you can listen back to this and other LBC programmes as well as listening to a range of podcasts. Just go to lbc.co.uk and you can go back. You can find all sorts of uh, celebrities from In Conversation and all the various podcasts that we've got. It's a cornucopia, ladies and gentlemen, which you will enjoy. We didn't even make a dent on the strawberries, did we, today? But I think we've set the egg market alive. Coming up at 10, James O'Brien. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.